Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Eclair and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 326, Top 5 Villains. I'm, as always, the host, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Poggle the Lesser and Shoe My to My Newt Gunray, we have Carl Leclerc and Katie Horn. Ugh, we're not calling each other Blowfish. Oh. <laughs> I just want to be Blowfish again, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Jason, make me a Blowfish. I'd rather be Poggle the Blowfish. Okay, Poggle the Blowfish and Shoe Blowfish. Yes! <laughs> yeah! I <need> Blowfish. <laughs> Welcome to the Blowfish Arena. <laughs> ah, victory. <laughs> <laughs> Viceroy, we ah, have captured the Blowfish. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I thought I was going to, you know, make us all members of the Separatist Council. Now you've just completely turned that on its ear. That's fine. We'll be um, part of the Blowfish Council. Thank you. Thank you so much. The way of the Blowfish. The land of the Blowfish. <laughs> Close your eyes. Episode it. 9, Attack of the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> Calling it now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, hey, friends. How are we? I mean, we're like 10 seconds into this episode, and I'm already dizzy from laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to take a deep breath. <laughs> Oh, oh boy oh boy um man i just i loved talking resistance last week and i Me just too. i love i love the blowfish stuff it's so funny it is so good um I, before we get going on this topic katie yeah. you 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 started a little something uh, with the help of, was it our friend Jeff Fishbach on yes, Twitter? it was Jeff Fishbach who, uh, he just added me saying, hey, if anybody wants to make at Poe Hot Dameron laugh uncontrollably, just replace any word of Star Wars dialogue with Blowfish. And then came the quotes. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> the all- attack of the Blowfish quotes. <laughs> exactly. And here's like, here's like my problem is that like every single one of these made me like wheeze with laughter and there were so many... <laughs> And so I was just like, like, I couldn't breathe for <laughs> just laying on the oh, wait. floor. I'm sorry, Katie, you couldn't breathe was because of the thought of not being with Padme? Right. Because no, <laughs> I couldn't be with the blowfish. Oh, man. <laughs> the thought of not being with the blowfish. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. 
thought of not being with you. I can't never. No, no I'm not going to. thought of not one. breathing with you. I can't blowfish. <laughs> I, uh, so you know what, guys? I thought I would actually read a couple, a couple of the responses here. Just yes. let's see, yes. let's see how many I can Do get it. through before I just like pass out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hop into our poll results, results while Katie gets some hydration after this. Yeah. Right? Okay. So I really like love won't save you, Padme. Only my new blowfish can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I really like we are but they grow beyond that is the burden of all blowfish <laughs> <laughs> thank you Master Yoda for your wisdom. <laughs> wisdom how about how about Ray going you are a blowfish and Kyle going yes I am <laughs> yes. let's keep the sequel quotes going the oh. last Jedi quotes because I really like also I want every gun you have to fire on that blowfish <laughs> <laughs> wait hold on read the okay. one that you shared with us before we started recording though that padme says in revenge of the sith oh what padme says in revenge so this of the is sith? This, this is how liberty dies oh this is so this is how liberty dies with thunderous blow <laughs> with thunderous blowfish <laughs> Because you have to like you have to say it or think it in an Alec Guinness voice. It's perfect. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights are the guardians of peace and justice in the old republic before the dark times, before the blowfish. For <laughs> <laughs> over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights are the guardians of peace and justice in the old republic. Before the dark times. <laughs> Or the blowfish. <laughs> or the blowfish. He just says it with such gravitas. <laughs> here's, here's another one you're going to love, Jason. We stand but my blowfish, not yours. <laughs> we stand here amongst my blowfish, not yours. <laughs> it's over, um, Atticus. I, I have I the high ground. <laughs> you underestimate my blowfish. <laughs> I don't know, Katie, I don't know if this was on there, but it should have been. I won with the blowfish and the blowfish is with me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So thank you, everybody who sent me a blowfish quote. Keep them coming. Oh, my God. Those are so funny. It's never not going to make me laugh. Wait, what are you doing? You're not actually going into a blowfish. <laughs> They'd be crazy to follow us, wouldn't they? <laughs> you guys, is blowfish just like the perfect word? <laughs> I think it might be. I think Look, it's just like the cave it's is just an inherently funny word. It is. It is the cave is collapsing. This is no cave. It's a blowfish. It's a blowfish. <laughs> it's a blowfish. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Well, well, Katie, uh, well, Katie revitalizes herself. Yes. Um, and before we get to our poll results, just a, a quick um, shout out for appreciation for one of our latest iTunes reviewers from uh, Liz De Quattro, um, who's actually um, a very good friend of mine's sister. I got to meet her a few weeks ago, and she was telling me how much of a Star Wars fan she is. So she listened to a few of the episodes and was kind enough to write us a review. Um, so thank you, Lizzie, for writing the review. Uh, much appreciated. Um, 
And uh, in case you couldn't tell by the title of the episode, it's pretty pretty clear. We're going to be talking about our, our top five villains, which is a topic we did years ago, um, just yes. Jason and I. But there's been some great new villains. Um, and the greatest thing, of course, in the ensuing years is Katie Horn coming onto the show. We don't know her top five villains. Um, <laughs> so I'm really excited to tackle that. But before we do, Jason, we had a fun poll last week when we talked all about Resistance. We did. So um, we, we kind of highlighted some of our, our favorite characters um, from the first season of Resistance. And so we wanted to ask everybody who their favorite character from Resistance is. And so that was our poll. Uh, we got quite a few different responses. So here we go. Uh, in eighth place, with wait, one vote wait, each. Wait, real quick, Jason. Didn't you mean to say, here we blowfish? <laughs> Dang it! No, Sorry. no, he didn't. No, I didn't mean to say that. If I meant to say it, I would. Right. But <coughs> now I feel like I should have. Because um, you just want to kill me. <laughs> no, I, I would like to get to see Katie in person at celebration. Right. You know. Oh my gosh! I think I think my my top two favorite villains are actually Jason and Carl. <laughs> <laughs> We are the worst Excellent. kind of blowfish. <laughs> Excellent. Everything is proceeding as we have foreseen, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Us and our mighty blowfish. <laughs> all, right, what uh, the hell did, all right, Jason, what did they say about Resistance characters? <laughs> yes, before we kill Katie. Um, <laughs> in eighth place with one vote each, we've got uh, Captain Doza, Sonara, Bebo, Orca, and of course, the incomparable Aunt Z. Oh yeah, uh, Aunt Z got a vote uh, in seventh place with two votes each. Um, oh, and by the way, if, if folks, if you put more than one person on your thing, I counted both of them. I only do that for the the polls like this, not the matchups. Um, but uh, in seventh place, two votes. We've got the uh, Opie Pit, the yes. uh, the floor scrubber. Good old Ben. <laughs> Voting for Obi yeah. Pit. Uh, he did, and so did somebody else. Uh, Flix got two. Bucket got two. And uh, Katie Poe Dameron got two. You being one of them. Uh, you're muted, Katie. You're right, I am. I was <laughs> coughing and drinking Ugh. a lot of water. Son of a blowfish. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> 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 but but yes, I'm so glad that Poe got another vote. It wasn't just me freaking out about Poe Dameron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would have kind yeah. of been sacrilege if you didn't vote for him, considering your Twitter handle. Exactly. So. Oh, I feel like I feel like Poe really comes alive in in this series. Um, the way I think he doesn't come alive in the movies for some people. I mean, mm. clearly he comes alive for me in the movies. But I, I'm so glad that we also have Resistance Poe. You know, just being a little more comedic. You know, a little more animated, for want of a better word. Um, you know, and really brings that character alive for some people. And I, I'm just I'm so glad he's so great. <laughs> God, uh, that's that's a good point. And Poe has definitely uh, worked well in oh, Resistance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, in sixth place with three votes, we have CB twenty three. Uh, she was only in like half the season, but she made an impression. Yeah. Uh, in fifth place with four votes, we've got Tam. Oh, Tam. Yep. Uh, we got to find out what's going to happen with her. Dear Lord. Yeah. Um, 
fourth place with five votes, we have Niku. And, of course, that's where my vote went. Niku for the win. <laughs> um, I, Blowfish, too. Blowfish, yes. too. <laughs> Blowfish, too. He's my, he's my man. He might be uh, Blowfish, too, but he'll always be Blowfish 1 in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, I, I love Niku. He's, he's a funny character. Uh, he's just such a pure character. And socially awkward enough to just, you know, be endearing. So I, I think he's hilarious and, you know, just so good. Yeah. Um, so I love I love Deku. Um, let's see. In third place with six votes, uh, Tora Doza uh, got pretty high up. And I honestly, I was a little surprised at how many votes Tora was getting. And then I realized, oh, wait, she's in like two thirds of the episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, second place with seven votes was Kazuda Ziono. <gasps> yes, our boy, our good boy. He is a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. And then that leaves us first place with nine votes with Jarek Yeager. <gasps> oh, wow. That's, That's cool. That is cool. And also kind of surprising. Yeah. Not in like a bad way. Just wow. No, yeah, I'm just surprised. I think, I think, uh, um, you know the uh, the the mentor figure doesn't always get like the you know the lion's share of the love, I, but I think it's cool this time around. He did. That's that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Carl. Who did yeah. who did you vote for? I missed it. Who did you uh, vote well, for? I voted for two people, which is the first time I've ever done, oh. and I couldn't decide between Yeager and Kaz. You, I thought you said you could decide between Blowfish One and Blowfish. <laughs> 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 um, I honestly love. So many of the characters, like like mm-hmm. Tora, Tam, Kaz, Niku, and Yeager. I just love all of them. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I just I've always had a soft spot for like the hero, and that's obviously what Kaz is. Um, I just I, I like his bright eyed idealism. Um, I also kind of like what they did with his character, specifically by uh, showcasing at the end of the season, right? Like the way they mm-hmm. re- they use his upbringing kind of against him with Tam and corrupting Tam. Um, Kaz is a kind of privileged kid, yet never uses that privilege as a point of complaint, right? Like when everything mm-hmm. starts falling apart, he really learns to stand on his own two feet and, and you know, make this promise to make a difference. And I just – I love that about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also really love Yeager. Um, you know, he's just uh, – He's he's the parent he's he's the mentor figure kind of reluctant mentor figure, mm-hmm. um, who's really stuck in a in a bad spot and we really see him, uh, you know, the war he's trying to escape really come back to haunt him and he steps yeah. up to the plate, and he's doing his best to try to to navigate the sticky situation and he's clearly imperfect at it, right? Um, it's 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 a lot of his fault that like Tam walks away. Um, I mean yeah. it's not his intentional fault but he does screw up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just I really like him, and I just I like anybody who's like kind of a BA with a blaster, and he is. So um, <laughs> yeah. no, I I love Yeager too. He he's a great character, and um, I think it is sort of telling. And, and somebody mentioned um, in one of their uh, their answers to the poll uh, that you know the the soldier who is trying to escape the war, but the war won't leave him alone. Yeah, that was my comment. That whole aspect, like like you mentioned, Carl, is yeah. is, mm. is a big part of this, you know, for right. him. And he's 
He doesn't want anything to do with this, but he keeps getting wrapped more and more up in whatever Kaz is doing, mm. and he gets keeps getting more and more involved until finally we find out he's secretly meeting with Captain Doza, you know, to to try and and take steps before Kaz even catches on to that. So you know, it's like he he's back in the game before everybody else realizes it. Right. So yeah. yeah. Well, and that and what you just referenced, those those were Michael Cohen's comments. So that's who it was. Yes, yeah. I was like, I, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. one of the Michaels, I think. And there's a few of them that comment right, regularly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Carl, I've got I've got a mental image for you. A little little quick three sentence fanfic here. Give it to me. Blowfish. Okay, so imagine like sequel era Han Solo and Yeager oh. in a firefight, oh. and then Han Solo tosses Yeager a blaster, like, and then Yeager catches it like Lando does. In the solo movie, wait, Han catches it though. Oh, other way around. Sorry, other go. way around. <laughs> other way around. They- oh. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and he just goes, Han. I love, yeah. I love the timber of of the voice actor that does Yeager too. Like it's, yeah. it's yeah. really like rich. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. Like old cowboys together. Oh my like, gosh. Oh. What's his name? What's his name? Hold on. Jarek Yeager. Yes. No, the voice actor. Blowfish one. He's going to be at... Blowfish one. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be at Celebration. Right. Yeah. I'll, I think, I'll... oh, that's that's how the scene ends, you know? It's like Han catches that blaster. He's like, thanks, Blowfish one. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Choose <laughs> the background, but like... <laughs> yeah. And which translates to, you don't call each other Blowfish. Don't call each other. Just don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Scott Lawrence is the voice actor, okay. and he's been around voice acting for decades. So he's a. Uh, you've probably heard him in other things. So excellent. So, yeah. He's a good. He's a good people. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, I think we're. I think we're done uh, tiptoeing around the topic here. Yeah. So. Well. Um. Like I said, like I said last week, we're not going to do matchups until after celebration and the conclusion of the This Is Madness tournament, which obviously started just this week. Um, and just a quick note of clarification, because this was brought to my attention on Twitter. Um, someone pointed out that uh, they were just curious about how I was doing the totals. Um, and honestly, I'm just doing it very simply because um, it's it's a rush every morning to put this together. Um, so in case you're wondering how I'm making the totals. Um, I'm just taking the percentages from both Facebook and Twitter, adding them and dividing by two. Um, I know that that's not a like the hundred percent most accurate way of doing it, right? This person said, "Oh, gee, you could just count. You know, you could do the percentage on each platform, how many votes there were. Do that, and, you know, to determine." It's just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm a campus minister, not a mathematician. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's not like it's hard math, but it's it's enough that I just. I just didn't think to do it that way. And since we've already started it this way, we're going to continue going that way. If for any chance there is like a basically a 50-50 split, I will definitely go in and, and do it the, the hard way to, to make sure that we have the authentic winner. Um, but in case you're wondering, or if you only have one of those social media platforms and you, you, know, if you voted on Twitter, like for instance, on day one, Twitter was very clearly in favor of Kaz over Jar Jar. But on Facebook, it was quite the opposite. Jar Jar housed Kaz. So, you know, I averaged those together and Jar Jar came on top. So in case you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. So if you're playing, which I hope you are, um, just know that that's how we're going to do the numbers moving forward. If, if you don't like the way we're doing that, I'm sorry. That's just the way we're going to do it. Um, 
you know so this, this is our this is our first year having polls in multiple places so we're we're still figuring this out right um goodness knows i'm not gonna do the math pass. <laughs> yeah hard pass for me too so it's it's, it's much like, easier to I'm do the percentages gonna, i'm just gonna add the percentages and i'm just all like however you want to do that i'll just do it just so i don't have to just. <laughs> it would be really convenient if facebook and twitter like gave you the actual hard to- oh no, yeah total- yeah many? i mean it'd be cool yeah, if they oh. yeah it'd be great if they just instead of giving you percentages they just said you know this is how many votes are for this this is how many votes are for that it'd be so much i'd be happy doing it that way but since they're doing percentages that's the way i'm going forward um so again hopefully y- y- you've been playing and you're enjoying it um just to reiterate you know if if you are i really encourage you to to share it on facebook or retweet it on twitter and make sure to use the hashtag uh this is madness twl so yeah. So WL stands for the Wampa's Lair, in case you're wondering. Oh, is that what it stands for? I thought it stands for Blowfish 2. It did. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it does. Yeah, secretly. That's what the W It's the W for yeah. Blowfish. The W for Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> I really just want to rename the show the Blowfish Lair. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um, I. Uh, we also finished up the Empire Strikes Back radio drama last week. I hope you have been enjoying the radio dramas. Like I said, we're going to start the Return of the Jedi radio drama after we get back from Celebration in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed uh, the Empire Strikes Back radio drama. Um, but without further ado, we got to get into this because I know we've got yes. some honorable mentions as we're wont to do. Uh, <laughs> yes. And it was hard to keep it just to one. But um, yes. You know what, Jason? Why don't you kick us off here? What is your what is your honor first honorable well first and only because that's all that's allowed. What is your honorable yeah. mention for your for your villain? Oh, uh, my honorable honorable mention uh, is the hairless harpy herself, Asajj Ventress. <laughs> um, I was like, which one? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> which one? Um, uh, ah- 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 Ahsoka actually called her a hairless harpy um, in an episode. Oh of- yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but yes, Asajj Ventress is my honorable mention. I, she almost made it onto my top five, but then as I was finalizing my list, I was like, oh wait, I forgot this other person. And so she had to be bumped back down. (laughs) Um, so, uh, Asajj Ventress, I think she's a fantastic character. I I love what they ended up doing with her and turning her to be sort of like this sort of middle ground, uh, not kind of a, you know, truly aligned character with any you know cause or anything Mm. but um she definitely lives more on the villainous side of life uh and she was for a long time a straight up villain so i think she's uh, a a unique and interesting character i like her fighting style and her sabers and the fact that she's able to survive going up against anakin and obi-wan time after time again um even if she has to run away sometimes is impressive. So I, I've always been a fan of Asajj Ventress, even when she was just in the comics. Uh, she was always the more interesting one that of the the you know the sort of lackeys um, at Dooku's disposal. Um, so I yeah, Asajj is my honorable mention. Love it. Yeah, she's not on my list, but she was close to being. And mm. all I got to say is she kills a dude and kisses him, and that's hot. It's really hard. Yeah. It's, it's so awesome. Oh. <laughs> oh, pour that. Uh, oh, uh, pour that. Commander. Commander. There's some, there's a, there's 
listeners out there who could tell me exactly which clone commander that was. Um, but is, yes, oh my God, oh, I wish that was me. It was in his own home too. She did it on Camino. Oh. That's right. Yeah. Gosh, we could all be so lucky, honestly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stabbed <sighs> the heart by a burning lightsaber, <laughs> brought in gently for a kiss, and yes, then tenderly, yes, a sack of potatoes. Um, what a lucky sack! <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, who's next? Katie, why don't you go? Okay, so you know, it's a Star Wars name, so it's a you know, it's a little little hard to pronounce, you know. Uh, so you guys bear with me because, right, this is just my one honorable mention, correct? So uh, my one honorable mention is Kennedy, Django, Zam Wessel, Proxima Ventress. It's uh, <laughs> I told you it's a Star Wars. Star oh. Wars has weird names, oh uh, but God. that's probably my uh, my villain honorable mention. Uh, Can you repeat it? <laughs> Kennedy, Django, Zam Wessel, Proxima Ventress. Great. Got it. Yeah. Excellent. Love it. I mean. Love that, that that's character. a fantastic character. Very <laughs> villain. They were in the Battle for Endor, right? The Ewoks movie, if I'm, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, they were like, and and they they were the shepherd of all the blowfish. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I thought. Okay. Oh, and then and then they made yeah. a, uh, a cameo appearance in the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars series. That yeah, was, that was a really good episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> such all a call- the stormtroopers yeah. they killed. Like, oh dang. my gosh, that was such a <laughs> that was like, a hard you know, callback. Yeah, we can't, uh, we can't, and then we can't forget, like you know, the rumble in the rain, and oh. then like five bloody minutes ago. <laughs> so good. So oh, and good. like, and you know, they're a changeling. That's that's pretty rad. Pretty, so, yeah. uh, pretty yeah. confusing and sexy. Mm-hmm. And sexy, yeah. Yep. Uh, it's just it's a good, you know. And then and then just festooned in jewelry. So I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually. I don't know why this person wasn't uh, number one on my list. Honestly, that would have <laughs> been <pretty> good. <laughs> yeah, this- Person. Yeah, this person. Man. <laughs> this person, this one, one person. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's one way to get around the rules. Kate. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> I don't think anyone has done that. <laughs> I have to. I have to give you a response for that one, Katie. Great. Next time we do like, what is your favorite fill in the blank character? People are going to just like list a long ass name. <laughs> Every right, character yeah. that's in the thing. <laughs> They're setting a bad example, Katie. Good. It's the villain episode. You said good examples. Jeez. (laughs) All right, Carl. Okay. Well, my honorable mention is Orson Krennic. Um, Oh. Yeah. He was was in my – he was on my list when I just started jotting down names of villains I enjoy. He wasn't originally going to be in it. Um, I was – it was a toss-up between him. I should have just done – uh, Orson Krennic, Dryden Voss. Um, remember him? <laughs> you know, uh, he's they've got a Star Wars anthology film about. The reason I went with Krennic though is, again, like if, for all the ones I pick, it's like I just I feel like I'm fixated on them when they're on screen. And the thing that I fixate on with Krennic is he's not physically intimidating. He's mm. not like menacing. I like him because, again, he's like a new kind of villain. And to be fair, like obviously my, my friend Ben is like in love with Orson Krennic and <laughs> his love of Krennic just it's it's you know, it's intoxicating. <laughs> um, the thought of not hearing about Krennic. I can't breathe. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, Ben but I, will be I, very happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. But I do. I, I really do enjoy that. He's kind of like this this blue collar guy who. And obviously, this is me like making guesstimates about his backstory. But 
like he probably isn't an elite in the Imperial Senate or in the Imperial Army, but he's trying his best to make a name for himself. And he's got he's got gall, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, the way I the line we were joking with earlier, the way he just shouts at Tarkin, we stand here amidst my achievements like that's his superior. But he's not afraid to, like, call him out on, like, the unrighteousness of that. Right. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. I put in all the work and now you're just going to take it and run. What the hell? Right? right. It's like when you do a group project in school and yeah. somebody gets an A, yeah. even though they didn't do Dak Diddley. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that ain't fair. Yeah. So, like, well, I, and then that, I, that was me. That was me in the group projects. I'm like, I'm the one who did all the work. And <laughs> yeah, I was the one who was like, thanks for doing all the work, crap. guys. <laughs> just, just call me Tarkin. <laughs> um, but, I, it, it, but in the same token, he also stands up to Vader in a way, right? Like, yeah. he's certainly you know, a little bit nervous in the presence of Vader there on Mustafar, but he's also not afraid to like really say what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think in a weird way, it's very commendable. It's um, kind of, it's kind of takes balls to go over yeah. your boss's head to go yep. to your boss's boss. Yeah. Who's crazy and can force choke you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. It takes some balls. Yep. So I'm still in command. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, yeah. He's good, and and I'm sold on his character right from the beginning of the film too. And oh yeah, a lot of that has to just do with the cool march. He's got and the cape. Oh, it's everything. Yeah, oh, the cape is everything. So it good. is. So that's my honorable mention. It's a good honorable mention. It's a good one. Um, Jason, <laughs> let's let's crack the egg of the fives. Yes. Okay. That that was a strange expression, but okay. I agree. We're um, rolling with it. We're going. Like an egg Don't look downtown. back. Never look back, Jason. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Fine. Um, number five. Oh, wait. For me. Really quick. Just remember blowfish are very, very dangerous. <laughs> you can stay at my place. Come on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Carl. Ah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how this episode is going to end. Um, it's just going to be blowfish jokes from start Obi-Wan, to finish. Obi Wan looking at the twin blowfish. That's yeah. Blowfish going across the sky. <laughs> stop! Stop! Where, stop. Sorry, I'm sorry. Where are you going? Already. What's like um, I'm going nowhere. I got to go finish cleaning those two blowfish. Oh, <laughs> dear Lord. <laughs> Am I going to be able to, uh, to give my number five at all? No, go, 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 go. go. <laughs> all right, fine. My number five, uh, Katie, you'll want to hear this. Kylo Ren. I put Kylo Ren on this list because uh, he's he's one of the first villains that we ever really get like a a villain's story. You know, the instead of the hero's journey, it's the villain's journey. Um, and you know, we, we kind of get that a little bit with, with Anakin turning to Vader, but then we skip a bunch of that journey of, you know, Vader's development before we get to a new hope. And then this is Kylo trying to become his grandfather in a sense and fight the, the good in him to become that. And we've never had a villain that's been this tempted by the good or at least you know has has struggled this much with mm-hmm. the good within them and the good within their family line and all that stuff and you know because of that 
kind of because of his motif and all that fun stuff. I I, I got to put Kylo Ren on my list here at number five. So yeah. nice. I'm sure he's higher on some of y'all's lists, but <laughs> I've got some people up on my list that I cannot in good conscience move from the top three. So. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I'm just going to – I'll talk later. Same. Oh, yep. Yep. Figured. All right, Katie, <laughs> who's who's your number five? Uh, I'm going with Orson Krennic. Yes. He cracks the top five for me just because a lot of the same reasons Carl says. I, I just – he amuses me. I enjoy watching him and getting that cape is everything. Oh, so <laughs> would, I, would I be as into it if he didn't have the cape? And I think the answer is no. I mm. think he <laughs> – I think he cracks the top five on cape charisma alone. Like <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> there are very few capes in Star Wars that are better. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, man. I remember before Solo came out, I was lobbying hard for a Krennic cameo somewhere in the Solo movie. Just because it happens before Rogue One. So so why not? <laughs> why not have some? I was thinking, I was like, I had this whole, like, I you know, headcanon planned out where Kira was actually Orson Krennic's uh, daughter. And Ooh. that she was like... You know, because she's got that imperial accent, and you know, I'm all like, "Ooh, maybe she's like trying to piss off Daddy by like slumming it with Han Solo." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just I oh need more Krennic in my life, and I'll and I'll take it any any way they want to give me more Krennic. I'll take it. You know, That's they so want to put him in Solo. Great deleted scenes with Orson Krennic. I love it. Orson Krennic comic. Uh, Orson Krennic toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I play a quick clip? Yeah, do it. Yeah. Please do. Misadventures has been rewarded with a weapon that will bring a swift end to the rebellion. And that, that was only an inkling of its destructive potential. I will tell him that I will be taking control over the weapon I first spoke of years ago, effective immediately. Oh, nuts! I thought that was. <laughs> I, that was the wrong YouTube clip. Dang it! This is when you. This is what happens when you trust YouTube. No, sorry. That's, uh, that's even sorry. better. Went into the Seinfeld <laughs> theme. My bad. Oh my god! That was, that was, was so unexpected. Yeah. Oh nuts! Oh wait, hold on, hold on. I, I think. All right, here we go. That was only over the weapon. Here we go. We stand here amidst my achievement, not yours. I'm afraid. Ah, uh, so good. Uh, oh, it's my gosh. so good. There's, there's specifically, there's three things about Krennic I wanted to bring up. One, I love that flashback scene of him and Lyra and and Galen all having fancy drinks on Coruscant. Yeah. Uh, that's like that's my ideal Star Wars vacation. I don't, I don't care about going to Naboo. I mean, it's beautiful. But what what I like want most of all is to just hang out on Coruscant, look at the city size sky, you know. And and have fancy drinks. That's like that's the dream. Two, when he says like, "Oh, it's beautiful." I find that is it weird. I find that inspiring. Like he's looking at the death of all those people, <laughs> oh, and it's, it's like beautiful. horrible. But yeah. he's like, "Oh, it's beautiful." Like I don't know if I gotta go. Why not? Why can't it be beautiful? You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just like I don't know. I don't know. It's, I, I guess I'm just weird that I, I circle back to being like, you know what? You're right. It is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and two, and two, or three. 
when he says, uh, you have to start somewhere. I also find that weirdly inspirational. Mm, <laughs> like, you know, when I when I'm like start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. And I'm just like, you know, every time I'm like, man, this is gonna take forever. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be so hard. You know, I say that on a lot of Mondays, honestly. I'm just like, you know, you gotta start somewhere. You gotta you know, it all takes that first step. And I know that like Krennic is terrible, but but I don't know. It inspires me. Orson Krennic, hashtag oddly inspiring. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the you know, in a way, yeah. right, like the the old adage, right? No villain ever sees themselves as the villain. Right. And he right. gives that. He gives the the truth of that when he first meets Galen at the beginning of Rogue One by saying, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. we were this close to bringing peace and prosperity to the galaxy, right? Like he yep. he genuinely he genuinely or peace and security. I don't think he says prosperity. Yeah, peace and security to the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Whether he genuinely believes that or not is probably up for debate. But, he, yeah. you know, that's at least what he thinks he's doing. He thinks that he's doing a good thing. Like, yeah, the Death Star is this terrible thing. But in Orson's mind, it's like, yeah, but, like, we'll use it to, to, to rein in issues. And um, also in his mind, he'll be in control of it. So yeah. he trusts himself <laughs> to make sure that it's it's handled in some moral way, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Orson Credit. Uh, Carl, it's your turn then. Oh, bloody hell. Um, <laughs> guess who my number five is? Kira. Nope. Oh. Firmus. Firmus, oh, yes. yes. Of course, it's Admiral Piet. Admiral Piet, who in a way is the opposite of an Orson Krennic or a General Hux. In yeah. the sense of he's just like, he's so regal. He, unlike a guy like Krennic... My guess of his background is he does come from some wealth. He comes from some family of prestige. Um, he's been part of the imperial elite since he joined the academy, probably. Um, <laughs> I get the sense that he's put in the work, but he's also always had the advantage of knowing the right people or having the right connections, right? Whereas Krennic, as opposed to that, Krennic is someone who's had to work for everything. Um, <clears throat> you know, but, but Piet also, in a way, like I don't see him as taking advantage of that per se he just he uses what he has to the best of himself and i don't know like it's it's weird he's again this is one of those villains i don't have like a deep uh reason for why i like him so much i just do um what can you really say a lot of it's not a ton to say about him he's on screen for probably a total of three minutes um but again similar to krennic is he's not afraid to in some way stand up to vader but more than he, more maybe not Vader per se, but he's not afraid to like speak out, right? Like he's a man on a mission. We're searching for these rebels. Well, I think I got him. You know, Admiral Oz was like, "We have a thousand probe droids searching the galaxy. I want proof, not leads." Well, uh, shut it. Uh, is basically <laughs> Piet's response. Um, and then he's put in this really, really uncomfortable position where he watches his superior strangled to death by the force <laughs> in front of him. You know, you are in command now, Admiral Piet. Uh, thank you, Lord Vader. <laughs> like, shoot. <laughs> right. You know, and he's continually threatened through the middle act of the movie, right? Um, yeah. And yet he still always keeps his composure. Um, like, he's just very confident in himself. And I don't know. I just, whenever he's on screen, I just, I like it. Like, he is your, he is your imperial elite. Um, I just, I just enjoy good old Firmus. He's my number five. Uh, it's, uh, he's, uh, I'm not. I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah, me neither. I'm not surprised. <laughs> no. Um, Jason's like safe comment. He's my number one. Uh, <gasps> no. Calling no, it, calling it right sorry. now. 
Sorry. <laughs> um, that's not even close. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Who's your number four? But no, I, I do like Piet. Uh, and and he sort of epitomizes, you know, what an Imperial fleet officer should be. So um, he's the... <laughs> Weird. This is a weird thing to say, but he's the good guy in the Imperial Army, in the Imperial Navy. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've always liked Piet, uh, but for whatever reason, he's never been like my favorite. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but, I'm sure a lot of people are like, "What Piet?" Yeah, right. <laughs> like all the names I'll live off tonight, and they'll be like, "But Piet got a vote." <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't care. Love him. Um. My number four, though, that's where we're at, right? Yes. Correct. Well, you are this is correct. where I'm going to. Th- what? You are correct. You are yeah, correct. You are correct. <laughs> you are uh, this is where fish. I'm going to throw uh, Orson Krennic in. Nice. Yes. Well, I'm a big fan of director Orson Krennic. Um, <laughs> he came up, uh, Carl, originally uh, through the Republic Corps of Engineers, which then, of course, became the Imperial engineering core or whatever it's called and so he kind of came up through that and worked his way into energy and military construction uh which is why he's in charge of building the death star um and why he wants a seat at the table because he's like i worked my way up i deserve this and nobody recognizes it because they're all too hoity-toity and clickish um so (laughs) uh tell that to imperial pr yes (laughs) imperial (laughs) hr and clickish. Yes. <laughs> they're all they're all so hoity toity and, and and clickish. <laughs> so, um, but I I love Krennic. And of course, you know, like everyone here, the, the cape is what grabs your attention. Oh, like uh, he's probably in the top two cape best capes at Star Wars, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So There's saying good a lot. Yeah. Yes, it is. But he's got a killer cape. And let's not forget that he's played by a guy who seems to just have so much fun doing it. Uh, do you remember when they were introducing the Rogue One cast at Celebration in London and he came out in costume? Oh, my gosh. Oh, right. oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. He, I actually that. watched that video the other day for the first time in a while, and he walks out flanked by four death troopers, and he's in full <laughs> phrenic regalia, oh, and he walks out in front of the stage, crosses over, goes up the central steps to the stage, and there's two death troopers standing at the bottom of the steps, two death troopers go up to the top of the steps with him, he turns and faces the audience and glowers at them for a minute before... <laughs> Uh, you know, going to a seat to conduct the interview. Um, <laughs> but he's in full credit costume the whole time. And I'm like, this is just great. So, number one, Ben Mendelssohn's pretty awesome. So I, that mm. helps his case. Um, then, then number two, Krennic is just terrific. I, I For many of the same reasons you guys said, so I won't uh, belabor the point by repeating them. Um, he is just a unique kind of a villain. Um and he's got a, you know, he's got this attitude that doesn't fit in with the Imperial yeah. line. Yeah. Because he's like, he wants the personal recognition and the Empire is so mono 
I don't know what what term I'm looking for, but like the, it's all one face. You know, it mm. is the empire. Yeah, it's not. And then there's the emperor that sits at the top of the empire, but it's the empire. It's not, yeah. you know, a, like the republic where there's all these senators and other people that's in charge. It's like you know, you got this mono lithic. Yeah, yeah this, mo- this monolith. <laughs> and he's like, but no, I want my spotlight. Yeah. I deserve a spotlight. <laughs> and people are like, I was like, oh, honey. Oh, sit down, shut up. <laughs> oh no. Sit down and shut up is kind of, I feel like, what's been said to him his entire career. And yep. he's like, that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I, I like Krennic. His ambition, I think, is that's the word I'm looking for, is, mm. is kind of a unique thing amongst some of these Star Wars villains. And I really like that. So I, f- I feel like if Krennic could get away with it, he would just come to work in like full Padme Amidala, like regalia, you know, if he, <laughs> I think, I think the Cape was like the most he could get away with without, you know, like, you know, the, you know, the other officers being all like, Oh, you're out of uniform, you know, go get, <laughs> go get reprogrammed or whatever, yeah. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to picture the, Oh, he could pull it off. I'm yeah. trying to picture Queen Amidala's Senate gown on. Yes! Oh my gosh, with he would look amazing. Hair over the <laughs> shoulders. Um, oh, he would love it. I think. Oh, yeah, I think Krennic, <laughs> Krennic would be into it. Krennic's from Coruscant. He knows fashion. He. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, right. that's my number four. Um, but yes, I, we had Krennic. Honorable mention number five and number four here. So Krennic's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's well liked. Number four yeah, by this. Yes. yes. Number Your four. number four, Katie. My number four is going to be Phasma. Phasma. Excellent. Yes. Oh, I just, I love her. Uh, I meant to grab my copy of, of um, the women of star Wars, that, that book that came out, there's some really good quotes in there about Phasma. I really like something Gwendolyn Christie said, where she was really excited about the role because um, she was very, very keen to play a woman who, quote, was judged by her actions instead of how she's made in flesh, you know? So we, we never really get to see underneath Phasma's helmet. And Gwendolyn Christie was very excited about that because all, all you can really judge Phasma by is what she does and how she acts instead of how she looks. And that's, uh, that's really cool. You know, I, I just, I really, that really resonates with me. And, uh, and so is the image of um, uh, in The Last Jedi when Rose wh- whirls around and takes two shots at Phasma and both mm. of them just bounce off her armor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just this, this woman who's completely bulletproof. I, I like that image. You guys, (laughs) I really like it. That's, (laughs) that's a good image. So I I think one of my favorite shots of her is her storming through the fire and smoke with her stormtroopers, you know, to, to confront Rose and Finn. So, yeah, man. And of course, I don't I don't want to get too negative, um, but I was kind of disappointed with the Phasma novel, the one that we got semi recently, like within the last uh, last year or two, um, because I thought it was going to be Phasma from Phasma's point of view. And I was very excited to get inside Phasma's head and understand her. But instead, the novel is about um, it's it's another character telling stories that they've heard from other characters about Phasma. So this is a second or third hand account of Phasma, you know, 
which mm. is which is weird, but I I get it because with Phasma again, you have to judge her by her actions, and she's wearing this chrome armor, you know, this reflective armor, and so what you see of her is what you want to see. You know, you just see yourself reflected back, right? Yeah. So when yeah. we tell, so when we're telling stories about her, we're not necessarily seeing her as she is, but as we see her, as we interpret her. You know, mm. and so I'm very excited for the day when we actually do get beneath that mask and we do understand her. But I, but I do, I get and I appreciate that right now, all we really get of Phasma is what we want to see. You know, we get that reflection of her. Um, the the point is that we don't get under that that mask, that helmet, like at all. It's not like Kylo Ren where we understand what Kylo Ren's thinking and we understand like that humanity inside. Phasma is very different, but I'm, I'm super, one day, one day there will be a, a comic, a book, something that vindicates Phasma and gets inside her head. And I'm very, very excited for that day. <laughs> oh. Nice. Well, yeah, that's that would be interesting. I, I did not realize that's how the Phasma book went. And so, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I was disappointed. But, you know, once once I got past that, I'm like, OK, I see what you're doing here. It's uh, a yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I haven't ever thought of Phasma that honestly. I haven't ever thought of Phasma that deeply, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's it's a new way for me to look at her. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't have much of an opinion of her. She's. I, I was really excited when like Gwendolyn Christie was announced to be mm-hmm. this villain character in Force Awakens. I was like, oh, this is gonna be great, and then does basically nothing i'm like okay <laughs> so it's boba fett for the sequel trilogy um and she's i mean she's in last jedi for what like a minute and a half <laughs> like she's barely in that movie yeah um and i know a lot of people want her back in nine i don't i don't care if she is but um they <laughs> care yeah you know i mean that's cool I, I that's awesome that you enjoy her so much and oh yeah and, and it's interesting because i've heard i've heard like a, a lot of a split with that novel i mean i have no interest in reading it i don't intend to um, but I've heard a lot of people really didn't care for it. And then I've heard some people that really enjoyed it. Um, mm. So, yeah. Um, I think she's she's a good villain, though. I mean, we don't need to necessarily know everything about our villains. Like, exactly. Like yeah. that, that moment yeah. you mentioned, like when Rose turns and, you know, lets off those two quick shots on her and they just bounce off. Like, that's yeah. so cool. And like you said, like, yes. that does kind of speak to her character. There's really... She when she what does she say to Finn? You're a a bug in the system. You're a bug in the system. Yeah. Yeah. Like she yeah. she is very much just part of that system. You know. Oh, yeah. Like what? Yeah. You know, even in Force Awakens, you know, he he, he was well, he, this was his first defense, right? Like she is such a part of that system that really even what is even going on under that mask? You know, her her first yeah. line is well, not her first line, but one of the first things she says in the movie is, "Who told you you could take off that mask?" Right? Like mm-hmm. that's. I don't know. Yeah, like she, she just she cl- she hides herself in the identity of a, of the first order. Mm-hmm. So who is Phasma? I don't even think she cares. No, Phasma yeah. is an enforcer of the first order. That would probably be her answer. Yeah. Well, it's like it's what DJ says. You know, he's let me learn you something big. It's all a machine. And so I think that's what Phasma's talking about when she says that Finn is a bug in that system. You know, the machine of war that just crushes everyone beneath it. You know, the stormtroopers, the the resistance. Everybody just gets mowed down by this machine, and Finn is a bug 
in that machine. You know, he's going to to help dismantle the machine of war. And I'm very excited for that as well. And and then Phasma, of course, is just an instrument of war. She fits in. She's a a very integral cog in that machine of war to just keep it rolling and just keep mowing everybody down, you know, no matter the side. And so of course And and, and yeah. she relishes that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's uh yeah, it's fascinating. She's fascinating. I love her. <laughs> Just marry me, Phasma, please. <laughs> uh, I just want to like throw myself into her big metal arms. She just carries me away. Oh, my God. I don't think she can show that kind of emotion. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then it just turns into me like riding on her back like a spider monkey. Like, you know, like, <laughs> Phasma, notice me, Phasma. <laughs> See, th- what I have pictured is her stalking away and you like... <laughs> Being drugged on the floor, clasped cr- like onto cape. her ankle. Yeah, no, I'm like clutching her cape, and she's just like dragging me along behind her. Asma, <laughs> Asma. Oh my gosh, I got to see her at Disneyland. It was so good. She has a, like a, a march, uh, you know, down the streets with with. Uh, she leads a, a pack of stormtroopers through the street. And uh, and people were like getting in her way, and I just like screamed. I went, "Make way for the queen!" <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Of course you did, Katie. Of course I did. <laughs> She's the queen. All right, that's hilarious, though. I can see that. Um, Carl, what about you? What's your number four? Who's your number four? I should say. Um, Mr. Horn, Darth Maul. Um, oh. God. Oh my gosh! I was like, Nathan made your list. Nathan, he's a villain. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely Maul. Um, and the reason he's on my list is really because of Clone Wars. Um, with the okay. sprinkling that we get in Rebels, I mean, Darth, obviously Darth Maul and Phantom Menace is just awesome to look at. Um, yes. You know, I mean, he's. I, I just I loved all those like behind the scenes stuff we got from the Phantom Menace days about, right, how George kind of just wanted to design this, like, devilish-looking character. Um, And, uh, again, like, I feel like that works well with the theme of Phantom Menace in a way. Like, this is the Garden of Eden story. This is the the golden age of the Republic. But then the Tempter comes in. The Devil comes in, right? And the Tempter is actually Palpatine, but he's hiding in the fringes. So we get kind of... Which actually is, is really interesting if you think about it. Like the actual the true face of evil is this innocent looking older gentleman who's kind and stately but the personified evil of course looks like a demon um Mm -hmm. but yeah Yeah. i I mean maul is such a now well-developed character and you'll learn more if you go to katie's panel at celebration chicago um (laughs) marvelous um oh my gosh no for serious though the room apparently six uh uh, sits 600 people so please come so that i'm not (laughs) talking to an empty room (laughs) oh my god (laughs) who cares it's gonna be i didn't know it sat that many people right me neither that's so cool (laughs) i was like oh that's that's something I didn't know. Yeah. But that also oh. real quick though, that's a that bodes mm. really well though for like all the other like extra stage rooms, right? For like mm. doing the big panels. Mm. Like yeah. the satellite rooms. Imagine how much they probably sit. Oh, right. Um, oh my gosh. Oh but my anyway, gosh. Back to Maul. Um yeah. I you know his character got really interesting in Clone Wars because we do kind of 
learn where he comes from. We learned that he is someone who was – to be fair, I've learned a lot about him just from you, Katie. Oh, um, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean he is someone who I, – I love that line that Obi-Wan says to him in Clone Wars. He's like, I've been to your village. I know where you're from. I know mm-hmm. that it wasn't your decision to join the dark side. You think you know me? <laughs> oh, it, yeah. I'm all snaps. You yeah. so let, that makes him so mad. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, he's yeah. just and, – and I really feel like that does in a way set up his character. He is someone – similar to kind of the point you were making with Krennic in a way, Katie. He, mm-hmm. He's someone who really struggles for relevance. Yeah. Um, I feel like. Um, and I think his anger – while in a lot of ways, right, obviously focused in in a very juvenile way at Obi-Wan because it's like, I'm going to get revenge. Like, to me, that's very juvenile. But I actually <laughs> think his anger is a lot deeper than that. Again, oh, yeah. like, Obi-Wan is almost the scapegoat. He's the one he can project on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we learn in Clone Wars as he's building the, you know, the this crime syndicate that his actual truest enemy is Sidious, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Sidious is the one who betrayed him. Sidious is the one who cast him aside. You know, and that's yeah. why he struggles for relevance is because yes. he was replaced. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I just I like that he is. Um, I actually Savage was very close to making my honorable mention instead of credit because I really enjoy mm. Savage. And, you know, we get a in a way like a, a compassionate mall because of his relationship because with Savage. Savage. He really yeah. does care about Savage. Mm-hmm. Um and while Savage, right, is often called like the monster, the brute, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when his dying words are like, I'm not like you, brother. I never was. Actually, Maul's more the animal than Savage ever was. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. And Maul is, he is, you know, I mean, obviously you went into a lot of incredible detail with this a few episodes ago, Katie, talking about your own personal strong connection to mm-hmm. Maul. But Maul mm-hmm. is that like angry kid who's been cast aside, who's, who's really just always lashing out um, mm-hmm. and, and really struggles to find peace. Um, yeah. And the only way he thinks he can find peace is through violence. Yeah. Um, so he's just, he's just an incredible character. Um, and uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I even feel like the way he goes out, the way he dies at the hands of Obi-Wan and oh, rebels. Gosh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's really there. Look, I, I don't know exactly what he's looking for when he's looking for Obi Wan, but he's hope. Yeah, hope. Yeah, hope. Uh, it, it can. Does Maul even really, other than sort of the general idea, maybe? Does he even know what he's looking for at that point? Well, he he explicitly tells Ezra that he's looking for hope, and you know, yeah. if if I if I piece together, you know, his arc, you know, all of his character, I, I can surmise that what he means is like. You know, uh, will Sidious ever die? Will his empire ever topple? Because I've trained my whole life to take him down, and I can't even beat Vader. So is this ever going to happen? So, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, Maul's looking for what the entire rebellion's looking for. He, and when he sees that answer, and he sees that Obi-Wan is not only alive, but Obi-Wan is part of that answer, of freaking course it triggers Maul <laughs> and just goes, just goes nuts. And so, and then... When he realizes, you know, that that Obi-Wan isn't just, like, languishing out in the desert, that he's actually, like, standing guard over something, and it occurs to him all, wait, it's the chosen one, isn't it? Then he's able to go. You know, he finds that hope where it's all like, oh, well, the chosen one will 
restore balance will topple the empire i'm okay yeah i'm all right <laughs> i can i can go to sleep finally <laughs> yeah oh, that's really good that's yeah really good. So uh, that's good. I'll always go off about mall. I'm sorry, Carl. No, no, you're fine. Any time, I'll just I, go off. No, no, it's <laughs> it's it's cool. Yeah, I've I, I've really, um, yeah. I mean, I've come to love and appreciate it even more since mm-hmm. having you act. You know, since since you've become an active part, of the, a regular on the show. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, yes. he's just become. Um, I always liked him for his look, but you've given me reasons to love him. So yeah, yeah. Uh, just like really Jason glad- years ago gave me reasons to love Jar Jar. Jar Jar, so. yeah. <laughs> You're um, welcome. I'm, I'm really, thank you. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought up Maul because he's not anywhere on my list. I, I tried really hard to think of him as a villain, but I just couldn't do it. Him and Savage, I was just yeah. like, oh, no, I love them too much. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, well, that's actually because I was going to put Embo on my list, but I was like, he's not a villain. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> oh, Sam Whitmer says that he did. The, he does the same thing when people say that Maul's a villain. He has to stop himself from being like, "No, he's not," and then because then he like thinks he's like, "Oh, of course." He, wait, obviously he's a villain. Of course he is. <laughs> just Sam Whitmer just doesn't see him that way. Like yeah. can't see him that sure. way. Right. Sure. I, I love it. I love that so much. Maul, <laughs> um, I'm gonna piggyback here for a quick second, Carl, because Maul's not on my list. Um, he almost made my, my honorable mentions, um, but uh, he and Dryden Voss were like this close to being on the honorable mentions. But, mm. um, but uh, I, I, like Carl, Katie, I, I have to thank you for enlightening me <laughs> to the story of Maul. Mm. Because Maul's always been a great foil. He's always been a great character to have kind of you know, keep coming back because of, you know, what that means and how that moves the story along, uh, in my, in my opinion. But now you've come along and helped me connect all those dots Mm -hmm. from his point of view, rather than us looking at him, um, from the outside. So, uh, I'm glad he's on this list somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and and honestly, uh, (laughs) that was my big question coming into this show is, is Katie even going to consider Maul? <laughs> uh, because if she does, obviously he's number one. But but she loves Maul so much. Yep. Can he be called a villain? So yes. Right. Uh, the answer is no, folks. No, nope. he's not talking about Maul on this episode. <laughs> if we do top ten heroes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jason, what's your number three? Oh, that's where we're at. Yes, uh, my number three. Well, since I've made such a big deal out of this over the years, uh, since the first time we did this episode, um, I got to go back out of principle. Uh, and because I love it, I got to go back and give number three to my good buddy, Newt Gunray. Yes, I um, it's going to be Newt Gunray. Yes, <laughs> Newt Gunray is my number three. So uh, I... but. In all honesty, I really do like Newt Gunray. I, I'm probably one of like three people in the world who will put him in their top three villains. Um, and I'm okay with that because that's kind of the Star Wars fan I am. Um, but <laughs> I, I, villains come in all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. And this is the wheedling, uh, you know, scapegoat villain. He's he's only in it for the money. 
He only wants the money. He likes to when he's from afar, he likes to think of himself as cruel because he orders this army of, of battle droids around and they can take out a planet and all this stuff. And he can sit there in his posh, lush, lovely office with all of his accoutrement and his uh, you know, pretty things and everything, and sit there in his big hats and his flowing robes. <laughs> And you know, sit there His like tanks Scrooge full Mc- of bullfish. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, sit there counting his credit shits like Scrooge McDuck. Um, but the minute it gets close, the minute it gets personal, he's mm-hmm. hiding under the couch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he's the he's the front man that. Palpatine uses as a puppet and he's totally fine with it Newt Gunray is totally cool being that because he gets paid yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. so he gets paid. money uh, and so he knows his place in all of this but he's okay with that And but I, I just love the fact that he, he likes to talk a tough game but the minute things get too close uh, you know, this is not looking good at all. This is too close, <laughs> you know. And, and, and then, of course, you know, the, when he gets captured and the, he, he's screaming all the time when uh, Asajj Ventress is trying to rescue him uh, <laughs> in the Clone Wars is just hilarious to me. But then you see him in Attack of the Clones and he's, you know, trying to be all tough and macho. I'm not signing your treaty until I have a head on my desk, you know. He he wants to display Padme's head on his desk in his Ugh. office. Ugh. Yeah, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I I do like Newt Gunray a lot, and I'm very glad that he very narrowly won his first round matchup in our This Is Madness tournament. So <laughs> I I I I let. I let lose a little squeal of joy when that happens. <laughs> I saw that result this morning. So victory, ah, victory, victory! <laughs> oh my gosh! If I had been able to find a Newt Gunray mask, Ooh. Online, I would have cosplayed Newt Gunray at Celebration this year. Everybody, ah, oh, would have been so good. But <laughs> next time, there wasn't one. Yeah. Uh, next I, time, Jason. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. He- so yes, my number three is Newt Gunray, and if we get another iTunes review that says I'm doing it wrong because Newt Gunray is higher than Thrawn, <laughs> then then I'm gonna I'm just gonna say, hey, it's what I do. I'm just gonna rank him even higher. Yes, <laughs> number one, Newt Gunray. <laughs> That's when we have like a top five Newt Gunray moments episode. <laughs> <laughs> Where are all those blowfish? (laughs) (laughs) The war is over. We want blowfish. Lord Sidious promises blowfish. (laughs) Uh, He is a really cool character. Um, And like you said, Jason, like he is, he's a different, again, a different kind of villain. Um, And he fits perfectly into the Phantom Menace story. Because he is someone who's trying to use the system to his own financial advantage. 
Oh, yeah. um, that's how I see uh, the gun race is at new gun race character is like you said, he knows he's not like he's not looking to be like world dominator. He's not looking to control the Senate. He's just looking to make money. Um, he's just looking out for himself and yeah. he doesn't care what he needs to do to get there. He'll, he'll get in bed with the devil if he has to. Whatever. It'll be good <laughs> for him. Um, and you know, he, he is he's like that slimy, slippery villain um which i just think is phenomenal um they, they jason's playing with his new gun right toys as i'm trying to talk about it um, uh, but yeah no it, that's a great pick i mean he's not on my list but i do i do enjoy gun Ray, specifically in phantom menace he's fine and the other two but like phantom menace is definitely his movie yes. um so not, i mean it's not his movie but you know like, it's kind of his movie but, yeah. everybody's yeah. just there to support him right. i mean that's that is how it goes. Um, <laughs> right. Really quick, quick question. I, and I, I do. I want to make sure we stay on pace with the episode. But just mm-hmm. a quick side question. I just thought of this while we're talking about good old Newt. Um, think when he's having those trials, right? When he's being tried by the the Senate and stuff. Do you think he ever mentions anything about a Sidious, like a Darth Sidious? Because if yeah. you think about it, when we get to Attack of the Clones, before Dooku even reveals stuff to Obi Wan at the end of the film. They seemed like Yoda says to Mace Windu, right? Like only the Dark Lord of the Sith knows of our weakness. How are they aware of this Dark Lord of the Sith? I mean, they asked the question at the end of Phantom Menace, right? But for yeah. all we know, for those that 10 year period, Sidious is pretty dormant, um, right? Dooku isn't clearly out as a Sith Lord quite yet. Um, so I'm just curious. I wonder if Newt Gunray ever name dropped Darth Sidious during those trials. I could see it going either way because yeah. he he named he definitely name drops Maul because by the time we mm. get to the Clone Wars animated series, literally all the Jedi know Darth Maul's name, which they yeah. shouldn't know unless Newt Gunray revealed it, which I could see him being comfortable doing because he believes Darth Maul's dead. Yeah. And he's like, well, that guy can't come, come after me. Sure. But I could see him concealing Sidious's name if only because he's afraid that Sidious will just, you know, kill him. Yeah. Now, the question is. Yeah. Does Sidious give him permission to name him just exactly. to stir up confusion right. and, uh, but, you know, and all that stuff? And oh, so, you know what? What? I, I just thought of something. Okay. In the, in the Son of Desmere comic, um, Mace Windu makes the assumption that Dooku is the, has always been the Sith Master and Maul was his apprentice. And that's like the working assumption that the Jedi have because they're like, oh, well, there's only ever two Sith and I see two Sith standing right in front of me. So Dooku must have been the master and Maul the apprentice, which I, I don't think he would have kept thinking that if, if they had tangible, if they had testimony of a Darth Sidious before Dooku revealed that name, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The only the other thing here is that um, the novel. Oh, gosh. Uh, Labyrinth of Evil, which is now, of course, Legends, uh, mm-hmm. takes place right before Revenge of the Sith. And uh, the Jedi are actively hunting Darth Sidious. Mm-hmm. Oh, they okay. tracked him to Coruscant uh, through the captured mechanical chair of Newt Gunray. Hey. That thing works as a hologram projector, too. Yeah. So, um, huh. yeah. So, but, then, like, but that's not... Le- canon anymore so i don't know, if, yeah, you know but then like know. in attack of the clones dooku's all like yeah the senate is in charge uh, is being run by in the shadows by a sith lord named sidious and obi-wan's like you're a liar 
I don't yeah. believe you're you, you's a liar. Yeah, My yeah. story of the trade generation, you know, came to yeah. the Pope, told me everything. Exactly. Know. And and but if Newt Gunray had previously told them that there's a Darth Sidious That's true. Why you know, why would Obi Wan be all like, No, Dooku, you just pulled that out of your butt? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point. I don't yeah. know. Do you think Newt Gunray knows that Sidious is Palpatine? No. No. Okay. But but I know who does. <laughs> <laughs> Maul, Maul knows. Maul knows. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, why Sidious is like, we got to put this guy down. Just put, just put, just yep. put him down. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, Katie, who's your number three? General Hux. Oh gosh. I love. I love I'm, General Hux. General Hugs. Hugs. Yes, I, I will hold for General Hugs. I will wait. <laughs> All day <laughs> to hold General Hugs. <laughs> he amuses me, you guys. I think oh, he's just okay. One, he's really fun. There's something about his tantrum that you know when he's giving that big speech, and I and I I've heard tell that that Donald Gleason did six takes, each progressively more insane when he gave that speech. And of course, the one that made it into the movie was take number six, the crazy one mm. where he's like, where there's actual like spittle coming out of his mouth <laughs> when he's mm. shouting. And it's so, it, I don't know, it's captivating how just insane it is because I've never seen an Imperial officer just lose, lose their heads like that. Um, it, it really does paint uh, the First Order in a much different light than the Empire. This mm. is, you know... And this is the Empire as run by almost like children, Yes, you know, just because Hux was so young when he was given this command and he, you know, he's not tempered like at all. And so he's just going to go off. And then and then much like Kylo Ren, you know, Kylo Ren is, is so young. And so and they have this immense power. And so they they just they they wield it uncontrollably. And that fascinates me. Uh, it, he's, yeah. you know, it, he's a fanatic. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. a true believer and yeah. a complete fanatic. Exactly. In the and, literal sense of the word. So. And then, like, and then, of course, we get to The Last Jedi and he makes me laugh. Oh, a woman appreciates a man who can make her laugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Hux is three for me. Can't can't rank him any lower. He's He's just terrific. I can't wait to see what he does in nine. It's going to be amazing. Like this whole rivalry that he has with Kylo going on. It's just, it's got to come to a head. I can't wait to see, see what happens. Oh my gosh. That's not going to end well for him. No, it's not. And I can't wait. Yeah. I I still, I still love the, the idea that we, we came up with that. He needs to just have like half an arm um, cut off and with no no explanation. When we start episode nine. Yeah. And we just have to just have to assume that he got on Kylo's bad side one morning. Yep. (laughs) Kylo woke up on the wrong side of the bed and he was woken up by General Hux. Not only that, but Hux like took the last sip of coffee out of the out of the, you know, communal coffee pot. The first order in the sort of break room. Like (laughs) Kylo (laughs) was so mad. Took the last clean towel in the communal shower. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really enjoy Hux in in Force Awakens specifically. Um, mm-hmm. He's 
oh, he's just so funny. Not, no, not <laughs> funny. I'm sorry. He's not funny at all. Um, but I like him because he's that fanatic. He, and he mm-hmm. is, a, again, a different kind of villain. Um, but, yeah, that speech is – and I love how they used it you know, during Resistance there at the end of the series. Um, he is, like you said, Jason, he's the fanatic. Um, he's, the, he's the fanatic, radicalized um, – uncontrollable force that is the first order um and you know what's interesting is the beginning of of last jedi when he shows up to you know you know captain kennedy why are you not blasting that puny fighter you know <laughs> that puny fighter is too close and too close a range we need to scramble our bloody blowfish five bloody <laughs> you know um but you know i like that scene there because like kennedy's clearly like a veteran and, yeah. I don't and he's feel like, like, why do I have to explain exactly this to this? To child. And, yep. and that's the yep. thing, like, right. We obviously see him and Kylo in force awakens. Like they are like dueling children with their, with their trying to get daddy's approval and Snoke. <laughs> um, I, I really don't like what they did with Hux and, and eight. Like, I don't like that. He's just a comedic butt of all the jokes. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I he, he kind of terrified me giving that speech in, in seven He's not scary to me at all in eight. So that's why, like, for me, he doesn't continue to work as a villain. Like, I want my villains to feel threatening. I don't feel threatened by Hux anymore um, because he's just tossed around like a ragdoll. I I don't feel anything threatening by him in eight. But seven, I find him very threatening and threatening Mm -hmm. because of his radicalization. Um, He's still that same character in eight, but the way he's just kind of, I don't know. He doesn't do anything in eight to me. Sure. So. Yeah. I I don't know. That just fascinates me even more because I love it. I love it when characters like that are just ground down and taken to like their lowest point. Because like Hux is absolutely just pinned in a corner now, and that's when he's at his most dangerous. You know, this is you know we just get that last shot of him at the end of the Last Jedi where he's just like looking at Kylo behind his back, and mm-hmm. you know something's oh, coming. Sure. Like something's coming. He just has to pick his moment. And he's just been humiliated time and time again. And in front of his own troops, even, right. You know, Kylo just like has no tact whatsoever, just slams him up against the wall. Like doesn't, doesn't even care. And I'm just like, Oh no, Hux, you can't, you can't, if he is like, as Snoke says, a rabid cur, you can't just, you know, back him into a corner like that. Cause that's when he's just going to do something absolutely dangerous. And it's, sure. oh, it's going to be great. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. No, it, <laughs> I, I agree uh, mm-hmm. with both of you because mm-hmm. Hux is, you know, a, a fanatically, you know, insane and, and a bit terrifying in force mm-hmm. awakens. And then he just gets humiliated time after time after time again mm-hmm. in, you know, to somewhat comedic effect most of the time, um, you know, in The Last Jedi. But that's, you know, you don't want to – he will only accept that for so long. Exactly, right? yeah. And and so, you know, uh, what happens in 9 will be really interesting mm-hmm. with Hux. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious to see what's going to happen. And if part of Kylo's downfall – or the first order's downfall is because mm-hmm. Hux and Kylo will not stop fighting. Yeah, you know, yes. I I will have called it because I mean, like they, they <laughs> seriously, it, the two of them will not stop fighting, um, and they're going to destroy the first order around them. 
like the resistance doesn't even do anything. They just watch Kylo and Hux tear, tear the first order down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carl, what about you? What's your number three? Uh, my number three is the Emperor. Uh, oh, good old Chief. Palpatine himself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, it, it's. Because when I when I wrote this down, I was like, all right, there's obviously like a million and one things you can say about the Emperor. Yeah. Um, but I was also thinking about, all right, well, where's my favorite performance of him? And it's actually in Return of the Jedi. Um, mm. That is my favorite incarnation of the Emperor. Um, because, again, like whenever whenever I suggest people watch the Star Wars movies, I always say watch them in release order. Um, mm. Never chronological. Um, that's just my opinion. I just like. If they wanted to be seen chronological, they'd have been released chronologically. Um, <laughs> uh, but he it, it just, you know, well, yes, I guess, yeah, we get a, a glimmer of him in Empire, but it's just this old crippled man who shows up, and I'm just fixated on him. Every scene with the Emperor in Turn of the Jedi to me is perfect. Mm, um, yeah. and, and he's become everything he was striving for in the prequels. He is, in his mind, God of the universe. Right. Um, everything is going as I have foreseen. Uh, he is constantly in control. Um, you know, that I welcome love young Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I have been expecting you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, and he just, he presumes to know everything. I love his, I love his chair looking out into space or yes. as they joke about in robot chicken. Great. A chair looking out utter blackness, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> Yeah, you, Crayola, come up here with your light bright, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, jeez, he's crying. <laughs> what the hell's an aluminum falcon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anyway, but no, he just, I, to, but to me, like, the, that, that idea of him, like, sitting in this lonely chair, staring into the abyss of space, like, that's, in a way, it personifies him. He, he is the loneliest character in Star Wars. Um, and I don't say that sympathetically. I have no sympathy for him. To me, he is pure evil. Um, He's the author of his own misfortune, honestly. Well, yeah, and, and he, is, he doesn't see himself as lonely. He sees right. himself as in control. Yes, and like sure. to me, like that personifies his character in the sense that he is alone. But also, it's him like staring into the darkness, and that's where he pulls his energy from. It's him constantly, you know. Re- using the force to look ahead because he always wants to make sure he's one step ahead. And think about it, right? Think about his way that he rises to power in the prequel trilogy. Um, I wonder how much of that is, is because he has such a strong ability to see things before they happen, right? He's so quick to adapt to everything. It's very clear that the end of Phantom Menace is not exactly how he planned for those things to go with Naboo. Um, Not exactly, but he takes immediate advantage of everything. He's always able to see as soon as something is the outcome, he's able to see a couple steps ahead and adapt. Um, mm. And now you get to Return of the Jedi, and it's a character who has foreseen everything. He's right where he wants to be, so he's just looking to what more can there be, and what more can I corrupt? What more can I be in control of? Right. Um, and that makes him so scary. Um, and again, you know, the first time I ever saw him in a movie is... Return of the Jedi, you're like, okay, there's really nothing scary. He's an old man. And then he just whips out force lightning, right? Like, um, and uh, I think the line he uses in Re- the Return of the Jedi radio drama is he says, my hatred flies forth to, a- <laughs> to shock you, like something like that. Like, and that's really what force lightning is. Like, he is just a ball of hatred. 
Um, and it's just this aggressive energy that he always uses. Um, so yeah, it just, he is the most unexpected, terrifying character. And I love that about the emperor. He's my number three. I will reserve comment. (laughs) I thought you might. Man, I, uh, I find it increasingly difficult to talk about Sidious, um, just because, yeah, he is such this corrupting force and, and he, you know, yeah, you're right. He's always looking into the future and, and he's always spoiling the future, which I, I just can't mm-hmm. abide, you know? Um, and, and he, he's, he's weirdly obsessed with corrupting children, you know? So of course, you know, there's Maul, but then there's also, you know, Anakin and then the, all the younglings he tries to abduct. I was trying to look it up. I can't remember the names of the episodes where he has Children like of the Force. Children of the Force. Of yeah. Where he has like Cad Bane go and like literally abduct children, you know, and then there's that creepy image of, you know, so all the children are being brought to, uh, to Mustafar, which is where uh, Sidious raised Maul. And, uh, and there's this hologram, you know, Sidious looking over all of these four sensitive children and he like leans over one of them and it's mm. so creepy. He's like, yeah. yes, yeah. soon, you know? And then of course, um, in new canon, there's Gallius Rax from, uh, the Aftermath trilogy who, uh, Sidious corrupted, yes. yeah. you know, from, from, from boyhood. And it's just like, I don't know. It's so that and he that's, wanted to do it to Luke. And he wanted to do it to Luke. Yeah, he's that. That is his most insidious nature. Is how he just gets his his claws in these like children, and then just completely corrupts their, you know, their their future. It's uh, you know, how how do you ruin the future? Well, you do that with with children, honestly. Yeah, and it's, That's a great uh, point, it's so Katie. hard. It's yeah. so hard to t- to talk about Sidious, honestly. He's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, he's the worst. But that's I what mean, makes him the best on the list like this. That, that's <laughs> right. True. I mean, and it's and it's a really good performance and I enjoy all the Sidious memes. It's just like, you know, yeah. when I start getting like, you know, deep about the character and what does this character mean in the story and what does he represent? It's like, oh, it gets too heavy too quick. Mm. That's uh, fair. Yeah. I can yeah, see uh, that. Yeah. Um, what's your number 2, Jason? All right. Well, my number 2, uh, my number 1 and number 2 shouldn't be any surprise to anybody. Um, uh, Unless they're a new listener, Jason, then it might be. <laughs> well, both, I mean, it's, they're both new gun rays. Yeah. <laughs> Blowfish one and two. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, you guys fit right on the. It's top Rune Hako and Lat Don. <laughs> yeah, you know me too well. No, uh, but seriously, can, can you guess who number two is? I honestly can't guess who your number two is. I feel like I know who your number one is. Is it? Oh, I don't want to say in case it's your number one. Okay, go for well, it. Well, I feel like the Emperor is number one. Um, who is uh, Count Dooku? Oh, right. of that was going to be my guess, and I was like, "Wait, yeah. what if Dooku's number one?" <laughs> I briefly considered it, um, <laughs> but uh, but no, he 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 is my number two. And let's be honest, uh, a lot of this has to do with the fact that I think Christopher Lee is one of the most amazing actors ever. Mm. So. <laughs> And I, I like the way he portrays the character as this this regal, uh, you know, a gentleman villain. Uh, you know, in a sense, there is some sort of mustache twirling, uh, you know, sort of a, uh, you know, that kind of a villain to Dooku. But there's also this charismatic, uh, you know, deceiver. Hmm. 
side to him as well because he's charismatic. He has to lead this entire separatist force. Uh, but the thing is, is he's only leading the separatists because it's part of Palpatine's plans. And so the fact that he can pull this off by being the charismatic head of an entire political social <laughs> movement, but he's doing it because it's part of his master's plan, not because he actually really cares about it. Mm. And the fact that he can pull that off with such class <laughs> is pretty amazing. Um, and then, of course, let's also be honest. He's got the, you know, probably the coolest cape and definitely the coolest lightsaber in all of Star Wars. Yeah. So the best monogrammed pajamas. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember those? Oh my gosh. I think he's supposed to be bringing that as a skin to Battlefront 2. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, it's That's amazing. <laughs> if that is true, I, I will I will wear the pajamas as Count Dooku a lot. I um, love it. I love it. Um but yeah he's he and to to top it all off, Dooku pulls all this off after being a Jedi for like over six decades of his life. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, he finally just gets so disillusioned with the Republic and with the bureaucracy of the Jedi Order. He's like, I'm done. And he not only does he just walk away, but he switches sides completely yeah. because he's like, this is too much. It needs to be torn down in order to restore it to what it's supposed to be. And yeah. so I I do think of the prequel villains, Dooku is weirdly one of the least uh, explored, but I find that he has some of the most fascinating reasons for doing what he does. Yeah. Because, you know, all villains, no, no villain really sees themselves as the villain. Mm-hmm. Except maybe Palpatine. Um, <laughs> he knows. And he's yeah. totally okay with that because that's what he <laughs> wants to be. Um, but but Dooku sincerely believes that he is doing all of this because it is the right thing to do. Because things have gone too far to be brought back. So they have to be torn down so they can be rebuilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what Dooku believes. And so he's going to make that happen because he has the power, the prestige, and the ability to do that. So that's why he switched sides, became the figurehead of an entire political movement in order to cause a war to bring the Republic to its knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, actually bringing that up, the, the that's one thing that I feel like I would have loved to have gotten – even just one episode in the the whole extension of the Clone Wars series, something where we see Dooku interacting with the separatist leaders, not the military leaders, but like the mm-hmm. senators and the political leaders, because again, that's something we're just told, but we're never shown. Um, and I'm not like trying to hate on that, um, but yeah. I just feel like that would have been a really cool thing to have seen. Is like we know Dooku is this, you know, he is the gentleman villain, and he's <laughs> he has a very commanding role in the military, and and he's very brutal while training Savage, and um, you know he he is this incredible character. But yeah, that's a huge part of him too. Like he is kind of. He is the figurehead of the separatist movement, but we never get to see him in that role. I just feel like that would have been something really cool to have seen in the Clone Wars. 
there was one episode where they had a scene of the Separatist Senate. Right. Um, when Padme But he was over. only there in hologram form. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, and, and what was interesting yeah. from that episode, like, it's, it's a very brief moment, but he's doing the same thing that Palpatine's doing in the Republic in the sense of yes. sowing the seeds of hatred, right? Like yeah. sowing the seeds of fear. Hmm. Interesting that politicians sometimes make things up to make you afraid. Interesting. Uh-huh. Huh. Shocking. <laughs> um, haven't seen that before or recently. Um, but I uh, haven't seen that all throughout history now, have we? <laughs> yeah. For real. But um, yeah, I just it, it would have been cool to see him because that's like that's the limelight. It, it's so brief, but like just to see him like see some separatist leaders like really be like, we like Tuku, right? Like he is mm. he's our leader. Um, and, you know, I don't know that the typical senator that's part of the separatist movement knows that he's a Sith Lord. What do you think? What do you guys think? You think that's a known fact? No, no. Oh, well, actually, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they, probably, know, they probably know he used to be a Jedi, just right? Just a Jedi, just fallen yeah. Jedi. That's right. all they, you know, that's all they know. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think the average citizen of the galaxy could tell you the difference between a Sith and a fallen Jedi. Sure. You know, they, I, I, I don't even no. know if, if they know what a, what a Sith is because the Sith have been gone for a millennia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I do not believe the blowfish could have returned <laughs> without <laughs> us knowing. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, it didn't take the galaxy. It took the galaxy 20 years to think that the Jedi were just all, you know, hokey religions and you know the, the Jedi weren't anything and after 20 years. Right. You know, and, and so I think after millennia, I, I not not a lot of people would even remember what a Sith is. Yeah. I mean, even I don't even think uh, most of the Jedi would be able to tell you exactly right. what a Sith is either. Yeah. Yoda's yep. probably one of the few who actually remembers them from actual experience. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Recently? Possibly. <laughs> Recently? Possibly. <laughs> then um, you must know Master Sifo who is Count Dooku to bring it back around. That's right. <laughs> All right. Nice work, Blowfish One. Boom. Um, <laughs> there we go. All right. So, yes, Count Dooku is my, my number two. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about that before we. No, let's keep. Let's hand keep it over to let's, Katie. Yeah, Katie, who's your number two? I really wrestled with this one, but I'm going to give number two to Talzin. Mother oh, Talzin. Lice. <laughs> I really like, I think it was Jason a couple weeks ago. Instead of swearing, you said mother of Talzin. <laughs> That's really good. I'm just like, I really want to use that in just my everyday vernacular. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I, uh, I, I struggled with this one because I'm like, is Talzin actually a villain? Because I think of her as more neutral because she mm. works with the Jedi and with the Sith kind of equally. And and most of the time she actually positions herself against the Sith, but she's not actually with the Jedi either. Because if you'll recall, when when Savage was tearing his way through the galaxy, totally Talzin's fault, BT-dubs, uh, Anakin <laughs> and Obi-Wan showed up at her door and was like, hey, that's not cool. And she went, okay fine here's how you find him and here's how you stop him like it i don't know she was working with the jedi so i i see her as more neutral than a villain but then i remember like how savage got to be the way he is and how you know talzin was totally chill with with savage strangling feral his you know his brother that he loved mm. and i'm just like oh talzin that's not that's not great <laughs> girl yeah <laughs> Well, and I mean, she, come on. She's also got like those three echoey voices that, you know, surround her and everything. I, well, and this, I don't and think that's, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's uh, angelic. Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, like you mentioned 
don't remember if we were talking about this before we recorded or not, but um, yeah. Towson is Maul's mother, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. therefore, she must be Savage's, right? Is that is that an it's accurate that, thing, or they, do they share a daddy, or I don't know? <laughs> um, it could be. Yeah, it's well, if they're keeping with the canon that Maul and Savage are twins, then yes, Savage would also be Towson's son. Okay, you know. Those would be her twin sons. Hey, um, <laughs> hey, <hey-o. laughs> um, the, the question then is, is Feral, the, the brother that Savage had to kill, is that also Talzin's child? It, it gets real oh, fuzzy. I thought Feral was it, just his friend. He calls him brother, like literally oh, brother. He does. Okay. Yeah. I was so, okay. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. That. I, I wonder if it just like was a term of endearment. No. Well, because when Talzin reveals to Savage that he has a blood brother, Savage says, that's impossible. All of my blood was killed. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and, and then Talzin's like, nope, brother, go find him. Go go get yeah. him. Just, just do well, it. I, I would say she's pretty villainous in the sense of look, look how she treats even, – even if those weren't her blood children or whatever. Look how she treats like these people, like these these. Yeah. These are people that she's like willing to just trade off to. I mean, she's willing to just essentially sell them off to slavery. That's really yeah. what that is, you know? Oh, yeah. It's not great. Yeah. That's what she did to Ventress. Yep. And then that's what, you know, all of the Night Sisters do to the Night Brothers. They they will routinely sell the Night Brothers into slavery. You know, they don't care. Yeah. And Talzin has the power to stop that. Right. She's the matriarch. She, she can yeah. be like, you know what? We're not going to be slavers anymore. <laughs> but not great. She encourages Talzin. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But then, but then, yeah, the um, you know, uh, turning Savage into a monster, making him kill someone that he loves, uh, that's uh, that's that's pretty not great, Talzin. So I'll classify <laughs> her as a villain. But nevertheless, I enjoy her. <laughs> she's cool. She can fly. Yeah. <laughs> she's got, like you said, she's got them three echoey voices. She's got that killer wardrobe. You know, all those things that just like float behind her. How do yep. I get that? How do I just yep. make? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of fans. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> yeah. oh ooh. Yeah. A lot of mobile fans. <laughs> I would just make the Night Brothers follow me around voices. and just make my yeah. make my cape like <laughs> billow in the wind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. You know, and she she's a really great character. Yeah. Uh, she really, really Dooku describes yeah. her as um uh older and more f- and fouler than anyone realizes because she she is probably the only character in Star Wars who has been playing this game as long as Sidious has. And mm. she plays it at Sidious's level. You know, she moves yeah, yeah. entire planets and entire peoples, uh, you know, in, in her mind the same way Sidious does. And she was really one of the only creatures that could truly challenge him, which was, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, which was the only thing is she doesn't have quite the ambition. Exactly. Uh, well, of Palpatine, uh, you know, she I, I guess the definite her definition of power is uh-huh. different. I guess. I mean, because she she did she wanted to kill Sidious and take what he had, and and when she does die, Sidious looks at her and he says, "There are those who have power and those who dream of power." And she was only ever a dreamer, you know. And and so I, I don't know. I think I think she really was playing the game at his level, and yes. she wanted what he had. She wanted you know to. I. I just feel that Palpatine wants power in the concrete physical mm. sense. Oh, okay. And Talzin wants it in the the spiritual sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that's that's the difference between the two of them. 
I think she, she she couldn't care as much about land and you know people and that sort of thing. She wants the the spiritual control because then she can pull yeah. strings where she wants. Palpatine just wants it all. That's true. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Talzin has a connection to the Force that is you know unique. It's something that really only the Night Sisters have, and it's very interesting. And I think it might be deeper than than the way Sidious knows the Force because Sidious only really looks at the Force as this instrument of power. But Talzin is clearly connected to something spiritual because you know, of course, there's yeah. all the the ghosts on Dathomir. Uh, you know, the resurrection of the dead and the whole fact that she's able to preserve her spirit and and revive her son. And then, of course, um, she has that that weird orb that you know that she can divine in or whatever, and and it gets and even though it gets smashed, Maul is able to use it and communicate with it. When Ezra comes to Dathomir, we see Maul using his mother's orb and communicating with something. Mm. We have no idea what, but I'm like, whoa, is his mom still in there? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's creepy. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, the whole Dathomir, you know, use of the Force is like magic is very, very interesting to me. I think oh, it's really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, love, I love it. She's on the list. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's that's a good that's a good pick. I she's such a creepy yeah. person, mm-hmm. and a person I use that word generously. Um, <laughs> she, she's some sort of like. <laughs> entity that is beyond our world yeah and and it's disturbing yeah um it's cool so i mean yes (laughs) it's it's got that cool aspect and honestly you know she's does some of the most amazing stuff you know the the coolest stuff when they're fighting the battle droids when grievous leads the the army in Mm -hmm. she's got some cool stuff there but it's all like voodoo creepy yeah it's oh (laughs) <laughs> yeah well and, the heebie-jeebies and yeah it's so cool about her is is she's the first character on screen in star wars that has ever uh, a, a force wielder but not a force wielder but like caps mm-hmm. into like really weird mysterious parts of the force mm-hmm. um which is just cool like you know the 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 dark magic that she uses is some sort yeah. of corruption of the force. So yeah. it's neat to get something just different than just the light side and the dark. I mean, to me, that's like kind of dark side energy, but also kind of not. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah Love it's it. cool. All right. All right. Carl. Carl. Number yeah. two. Number two. Um, Katie, you may not think of him as a villain, but Kylo Ren is indeed oh. a villain to me. Um, <laughs> But uh, I I love Kylo Ren. Um, I, he's he's a new kind of villain again, mm-hmm. um, and he's the most complex villain. Kind of like you said, Jason, earlier when you mentioned him. He's you know right. We we learn in Episode Seven that he's battling to to resist the light. Um, you know, it's kind of this yeah. this villain's journey, which is something new, right? We've never had a villain's journey. It's always been a hero's or now the heroine's journey. But we also mm. s- subsequently get this kind of villain's journey um and i liked kylo right from the get-go because again he's got a great entrance scene he's got that great music the fanfare (laughs) of his music um him stomping down the uh the ladder of of his shuttle and then just the way he confronts lor santeca and cuts him right down um everything about him is the perfect introduction of a, of, of a, a strong new villain. Yeah. Um, he freezes Poe, freezes the laser bolt. Like 
this is a dude who's just in command. He is a monster on the hunt too, right? Mm. Like where's Skywalker? I'm going to, I'm going to find him. I'm going to kill Skywalker, right? He is, Mm -hmm. he's a predator figure. And, um, the rest to me, like the rest of, of, of seven is him really doing what he, he, you know, his, his thesis statement for eight of, you know, you know, let the past die, kill it if you have to. Um, that's really what he's on a quest to do. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Killing Han Solo solidifies his villainous to me. Um, I watched mm. Force Awakens tonight for the first time in a while. I, <laughs> every time I watch that movie, Han's death scene makes me cry. Oh, it's so yeah. it's so sad. Um, and it's also so sad too because I I really do feel like Ben was there. Ben Ben had a Ben had like reared up for a minute, but mm-hmm. as soon as it goes dark again, Kylo overtakes Ben um, and and does the evil deed. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just I, – I, I like Kylo Ren's character because of his complexity. I love how um, – so, he, you know, in a lot of ways, he's – like you mentioned earlier, Kate, he is similar to Hux in a way, right? They are, they are kind mm. of these mm-hmm. angry, brash children. Um, <laughs> and in a similar way to Hux, in, in, in some ways, I'm not that afraid of Kylo at the end of Eight. Yeah. Um, and then that's, you know, that was, that was one of the reasons I didn't like Snoke being killed. Isn't just cause I thought like Snoke was a great character, but it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, it, Kylo's so complex. I, I don't see him as, as a villain to stand on his own two feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sure they will prove me wrong with nine and I'm excited. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, I, specific, yeah, both movies, every time he's on screen, I'm paying attention and I enjoy yeah. it. Um, and I enjoy what he's about. And, um, again, this goes back to, uh, one of the panels that they had, um, with the force awakened cast when Adam driver said, you know, the thing I, he's like, the thing I enjoy about this character is again, he's a villain who doesn't see himself as the villain. He sees himself as the good guy. He sees himself Mm -hmm. doing something good. And Adam driver made the point about how, you know, those are the scariest types of people is the people Mm -hmm. that, ardently believe they're doing the right thing even though it's terrible and and he kind of i mean i think in a subtle way he was kind of pointing to things like isis right like these these horrible organizations that think they're doing something for a good and righteous cause but they're really just horrible villains (laughs) um (laughs) and i think kylo's getting lost in that um Mm -hmm. you know he's getting lost in his own personal quest for vengeance and relevance um and and that scene with him and Ray in Force Awakens, you know, you're afraid. You won't, you, you, you're afraid that you won't be as strong yeah. as Darth Vader. Like, whatever Snoke did to corrupt Ben Solo, the heart of that was the Darth Vader story. Mm. Um, and now I really feel like Snoke stoked the fires of him wanting to be something more than what Luke is allowing him to be. And that's why mm. he, he ultimately is corrupted. And now he continues that struggle. Now he's still struggling. He's struggling still with Hux. He's struggling against Snoke. But I guess in some ways, though, that is what definitely separates him from Vader and any other Sith Apprentice before us. He does the mm. one thing they couldn't. He kills the Master. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Which is awesome. So, um, yeah. So Kylo's my number two. It's a really good number two. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I don't have anything else to add since I had him earlier. So, uh, other than thumbs up. 
<laughs> Excellent. Shall I we? I think we're on number ones. We are yeah. on number ones. Let's do it. Number one. All right. Now, this will be the most anticlimactic number one reveal ever. Um, yes, everyone. Uh, Emperor Palpatine is my favorite uh, villain. You mean the Senate? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Senate. Jason's favorite uh, villain. The Senate. I must be frank, Your Majesty. <laughs> I must be frank, Your Majesty. This little chance the Senate will act on the invasion. I don't know what his real first name is. Is it Frank? Is it Senate? Is it Sheev? <laughs> no, it's Blowfish. It blow- <laughs> Blowfish Palpatine. Blowfish Palpatine. Love it. Oh my gosh, I, I have, I have enjoyed Palpatine as a villain ever since I first saw Return of the Jedi. Um, this is so strange. You know, Darth Vader's nowhere on my list because to me, Darth Vader is Anakin having a bad day. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like even when he's charging down that hallway, just cutting down rebels, I'm like, Anakin, go have a snack, go sit down, drink some water. Anakin, Anakin. (laughs) Shake that sand out of your boots, boy. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh! Um, I, which that that just shows which generation of Star Wars fan I am, right? right. right. You know that's that's that is definitely showing which generation of Star Wars fan I am. If I was a you know classic uh, original trilogy, you know, saw it in the seventies and eighties, that he'd be real high on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not. So Palpatine is on my list. He's the top of my list because. The entire saga happens because Palpatine had an idea and he wanted power and he worked the entire galaxy to a point to where he got that power. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, that was the the buildup of that was the prequels. Him enjoying his power is the original trilogy. And that's when it gets taken from him at the very minute, the very last moment. Mm. But really, is it really gone? Because his influence and legacy is what ultimately went on to create the First Order. Because now that's back. And, and the, the mentality of the First Order is taken specifically from what Gallius Rax put in puts in play during the aftermath trilogy, and Gallius Rax is only fulfilling Palpatine's plan. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, another kid he corrupted. Exactly. You know, yep. Yep. The entire nine film saga of Star Wars. Yeah. Is happens because Palpatine designed it in some way. Mm. At least parts of it in some way. His fingerprints are everywhere. If you want to look at them, yeah. you know, but he's only ever really visible as the villain a few times mm-hmm. because he's got the mask of Palpatine, the, the, you know, humble senator from the small planet of Naboo who managed to become chancellor because his planet was threatened and yeah. then he just happens to stay in power longer because of the separatist crisis that. Only he has the humility. Right. He's just your cute grandpa. Right. And then he has to create this empire to safeguard 
the galaxy because of the tumultuous betrayal of the Jedi Order. Oh, no, the Jedi, how dare they? Uh, right, and then he becomes a recluse and disappears from public life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, the Jedi left him scarred. And a fourth. guy. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, but that's that's the mask. Of course, yep. the, the real Palpatine is this Darth Sidious. You know, he, yeah. he's this, you know, maniacal, laughing, evil character who loves what he does. Like, he, there is no remorse mm. in Palpatine. He's evil. He knows it. And he likes it. Yeah. You know? Um and corrupting kids, Katie, mm-hmm. that's his pastime. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, yeah. That's his hobby. Yep. Yeah. You know? <sighs> uh, it's, it's disturbing. Oh. He's the master manipulator. And the ramifications of what he put in place is still being felt mm-hmm. to this day in the Star Wars universe. Right. Uh, you know? Ray, Finn, and Poe are still fighting Palpatine's influence. Oh yeah, yep, so, definitely. Um, and then of course he just has the you know the evil laugh and <laughs> and the lightning coming from his fingers, and it's like, ah, oh, thank you so much, Ian McDermott, for <laughs> showing me what a true villain really is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and fairly or unfairly i judge all villains by palpatine i do i you know uh there's you know i i it's probably not fair to do at some point you know with other you know franchises and movies but i do it anyways um so <laughs> this this shouldn't for longtime listeners of the podcast this should be no surprise whatsoever so. Yeah, love it. But yes, Palpatine's my number one. Well, what is your number one, Katie? This might surprise you guys, but I went with Kylo Ren. That it doesn't surprise, doesn't surprise me. me at all. Oh, really? Because Maul's not saying... on the list. I well, I, I honestly, I it doesn't surprise me that uh-huh. it's Kylo Ren. I'm only surprised that he's on your list as a villain. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. I because I don't think he's going to stay a villain. Like by nine, I'm not even a little worried about Kylo Ren redeeming himself. That's just that's just not how Star Wars works, you know. He doesn't. He's gonna redeem himself. That's that's just how Star Wars goes. Um, but as of right now, he has consistently made all the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. And Kylo, that makes you a baddie. <laughs> Kylo, <laughs> you're the baddie. <laughs> see, see, Carl. The only reason why. Kylo is on the list is because Ben's the good one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly it. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. No, honestly, Kylo Ren's gonna die and Ben Solo's gonna live and it's gonna be great. Like <laughs> So I guess Ray Raylo will die, but but Bay will survive. No, no, Raylo actually stands for Ray and Ben Solo. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's what Raylo stands for. Oh, I thought it was just Kylo Ray, Ray. Kylo. No, it's yeah. it's Ray and Solo, Ben Solo. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> like it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, ex- exactly. A lot of the stuff Carl was saying before, uh, where I, I understand the, you know, he doesn't think of himself as a bad guy. I think Kylo very much thinks of himself as a victim, but at mm. the same time, I think he does know that he's making the wrong choices. I think he, he knows it's not right to stab his dad in the chest and he knows that it's not right to, you know, I want every gun to fire on that man, you know, general Hux, uh, you know, uh, what does he say? Like, you know, no, no quarter, no yeah. survivors, no prisoners. Right. Like, I think he knows that's the wrong thing. And, and that makes you the baddie. Kylo Ren is when you know what the right thing to do is and you don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. pretty villainous. But then at the same time, he's so sympathetic and we always want him to make the right choice. Like in every single moment when he's faced with those, like, you know, hero making moments we want him so badly to succeed we want him to go with han solo we want him to leave the first order and go with ray but he just consistently falls short and that's so tragic and it's just honestly it's going to make his return like all the better you know because he thinks he thinks it's too late you know if i didn't go back with my dad you know it's too late if i didn't go with ray she gave me a chance now it's too late the point, of course, being that it's never too late and he can turn around. He just hasn't yet. And that makes him my number one villain. I love it. Yeah. That's, there uh, you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what a great – I think that's an interesting point, Katie. That, and mm-hmm. I think in a way that makes him unique is that he knows what the right choice is, but he doesn't, but he doesn't choose it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. You know? Well, of course he knows because he has such all this conflict within him yeah. from <laughs> the, the light side that's still within him. You know, he has to know. Right. You know? Yeah. Yep. Almost makes he him feels the, it. Pulls to the light. The, yeah. It almost makes him the worst kind of villain. Right. right? Oh yeah. my like, gosh. <laughs> you know, somebody like Palpatine never calls into question, like, is this the right thing or the wrong thing? It's just like, this is what I'm right. doing. There's, right. Hux doesn't it, like. Yeah. Hux doesn't know any better. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Pal- Palpatine is like, will this benefit me and give me what I want? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Palpatine thinks. Yeah. Yep. Hux doesn't know any better because that's all he's been raised to do. Right. Yep. And and Hux, much more than Kylo, is a victim. Right? He's uh, the victim of mm-hmm. his own upbringing. Yes. Yeah, that's um, true. It, and and they're very explicit in the Aftermath novels yes. that, you know, he was pretty abused. So, yep. yeah. Because yep. he was not living up to his father's designs. He right. was not. <laughs> yeah. Well, but... Very good pick. I'm not surprised, Katie. Um, yeah. It's a a good one. What about you, Carl? Yeah. Number one. Number one. It's, it's the villain. It's Darth Vader. Come on. Oh, good. I'm glad somebody put Darth Vader somewhere. I, 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 I I felt safe with that in (laughs) Carl's hands. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, pretty classic pick, but he's not just Anakin having a bad day to you. Like he is to me and Jason. No, because I mean, I I was such a hardcore fan of the originals before the prequels came out that Vader never was a good Anakin, right? He was just Darth Vader. And then Luke Skywalker found the humanity in there um, Mm. and believed in it. Um, Mm -hmm. The Anakin story is just now backstory. Um, And it's, it's a great story, but uh, it's backstory. Darth Vader is and I mean, let's. I mean, come on. He's the most iconic villain in movie history. And, yes. and I, it, the only thing that might be more well known is Dracula. That's about it. Yeah, maybe Who Christopher yeah. Lee did play. Um, and yeah. but uh-huh. the thing, and, and again, like kind of similar with the Emperor. What I was thinking about was like my favorite, my favorite villain movie. If I had to pick a Star Wars movie to watch because I want to watch the villain's performance, it's 
always going to be Empire Strikes Back because of Darth Vader in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, He's perfect. He's the perfect villain. Um, He... Right from the get-go, right? We're told that he's obsessed with finding Skywalker in the opening crawl. He's lashing out so... I mean, the Vader we meet in Empire is very different than the Emperor we... Or the Vader we meet in A New Hope, even. And in A New Hope, he's very much Tarkin's lackey. Other officers can mouth off to him or... or They don't... There doesn't seem to be the same level of fear. But we get to Empire and they are afraid of him. Um and it's kind of like Vader unleashed. Like he's a man on a mission, very similar to Kylo in Force Awakens. He's he's hunting this Skywalker figure, and anything that pisses him off, he's got no patience for it. Right? He's killing people left and right. He tortures Han. Great moment. Um, <laughs> what's wrong with me? Um, you know, and Vader is just my two favorite villain performances of all time. And I will mm-hmm. say Vader and Empire will always be second to this, but is is Heath Ledger's Joker in the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. Right? When yeah. I first saw that movie, he stole that movie. He stole mm-hmm. it without any, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. couldn't wait for the next moment the Joker would be on screen. When oh, I yeah. watch Empire Strikes Back, which to me is forever going to be the perfect movie, but every <laughs> time Vader is on screen, I'm just so fixated on him. Whereas... There are villainous characters looking at you, General Grievous. Can't wait to get you off screen. Don't care about <laughs> you in the least. Um, and that, sorry, I know that's really negative. And I'm sure there are, a lot, there are folks listening who love Grievous. And good, like, that's well, great. Yeah, love, we'll own it, man. You. Yeah, own it. Own it and love it. I just, yeah. he's the worst Star Wars villain to me. I will, like, oh, Gunray. Newt Gunray, way better than Grievous. Um, no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, but Darth Vader is just so iconic in the sense and what I love about him are all the things that are missing from Kylo missing in a guy like Hux. Mm. He's so put together. He's so yeah. in control. I love that scene. The first scene we get of him in empire, just standing, looking into the abyss, looking at this fleet that he controls. Mm. Um, this is death's, you know, this death is at his beck and call. He is the he is the bearer of death, if you will. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I mean, his squadron is known as the Death Squadron. Um, you know, it's he is just so darn intimidating. Um, you know, what we got at the end of Rogue One was purely fan service and in, in all the right True. ways, you know, <laughs> and, and I don't say that disrespectfully. Like some people will be like, oh, it's just fan service. It's like, well, fan service isn't a bad thing. All of Star Wars is fan service. Like nobody needs these movies. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh but it was the perfect kind of fan service, right? Yes. Like, um, that showed him to be the monster that we'd heard mm-hmm. about. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, Empire is just the perfect Darth Vader movie because he's just he's the villain who's always in control. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily describe him as calm, but yeah, he certainly has his very clear cut mission, and nothing will stand in his way. And he's he's unstoppable. Yeah, and he's and he's brilliant too in a way, right? The way he's able to quickly just decimate Echo Base. Like, yeah, there's a huge impediment, but Vader knows exactly what to do. Um, he figures out like how to trick them at Bespin. Um, he's always one step ahead of them. Um, yeah, Vader's everything I want in a villain. So I love him. Yeah. No, that's really good. That that thing you talk about, Carl, where you you know you you saw 
Vader is Vader, and then the prequels came out, and so it was just kind of like, you know, Anakin was just kind of backstory to Vader, you know, that it never really, I guess, changed Vader for you, Hmm. in a way. Yeah. I I don't want to put words in your mouth, that's why there's like a question mark at the end of that statement, right? It never really, like, it was just kind of filling in the details of Vader. Yeah, It never never really, like, changed Vader. Yeah, that's a a really great point, Katie, because, you know, um, I don't know that it did. Not for me, at least. Um, you yeah. know, like the solo, for example, like solo has made me love Han Solo so much more and give me more food for mm-hmm. thought specifically in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi um, mm-hmm. solo as a film, like did so much to deepen my love of the character, give me more reason to enjoy the character. But the Anakin story, weirdly enough, like there still is just this weird split. Um, sure. I don't, I, and it's not like I don't see that 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 they're like it's not that I think they don't work together or that they don't inform the other, but Darth Vader is Darth yeah. Vader. Um, yeah, and, Anakin does kind of vanish inside of Vader yeah. for a little while, right. you know. I mean, yeah, it, it, enough so that Obi Wan says that He's Vader dead. killed Anakin. Yeah, you know. Right. Yeah, it, it it really is, you know, almost like. That actually happened, you know, many yeah. truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. And that is also to some extent Vader's point of view. Right. Man, what he's I, killed Anakin. He's more a machine I, now than Blowfish. <laughs> twisted and, <laughs> twisted um, and a Blowfish. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I, I've heard that before from people, actually, that a lot of people – you know, yeah, they, you know, Anakin's Anakin and Vader is Vader. And, you know, of course they're the same person, but they're also very distinct in a lot of people's minds. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think ever, ever since for me, ever since the Phantom Menace and that poster of little Jake Lloyd with the Darth Vader shadow, I don't know. I haven't been able to unsee that in a way. Mm -hmm. And I just see, you know, when I see Vader, I very much see Anakin having a bad day. And and the true, it, it's true in reverse as well. When I see, like, little Jake Lloyd, uh, you know, um, uh, looking at, at uh, you know, Mace Windu, and he's, like, really mad. Or when, uh, uh, what's his name, Sebulba insults him, and then, and uh, and Anakin calls him Slimo, you know, just, like, swears at him. Like, it's really mad. I'm like, oh, that's Vader coming out right now. And then uh, Hayden Christensen has other similar moments where, like, the Vader just, like, pops out. Mm, yeah. You know? And, I and you know, so I, there's always these moments in Anakin where I see Vader. And then there's these moments with Vader where I see Anakin, you know, just, just trying to get out, you know, trying to come through. And it, I don't know. They, they blend very well for me. So it fascinates me that there's more of a firm divide in your mind. I think that's very cool. Yeah. No, it's interesting because, like, talking about it and thinking about mm-hmm. it like it's easy to to talk about those points but when i watch sure. like when i yeah. watch an original trilogy movie and vader's uh-huh. on screen i'm rarely thinking about anakin skywalker oh like um, i can't i can't unsee because you know when luke takes off the mask you know yeah. and we and he's just so gross underneath you know i just i can't unsee that i can't look at vader and not think about the face that's underneath you know or when um uh hayden christensen when the mask lowers down over his face and he just looks so scared mm-hmm. you know even when vader is cutting down all of those all of those uh rebels and and when he's like you know talking down to leia i'm like anakin you know that that's all i see is that that scared yeah. face underneath that mask you know that that just completely humbled weakened person who's just lashing out and clinging desperately to his power 
you know, that's all I see. It's it's just a facade, you know. He's just doing everything he can to hang on to the the, well, the image of his power, you know. Oh, well, he, you know, because everything Anakin loved and held so dearly, mm-hmm. he is essentially dead at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anakin mm-hmm. flees into the persona of Vader. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and and lets Vader take over. Mm-hmm. And so in a sense they are two completely different people. Yeah, that's you fair. Know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think I, I'm a bit more along the lines of Katie and the way I view it is that there is still this push and pull. Mm-hmm. And I see that sometimes. Um, but like I said, that, that, that is, I think that's a generational thing. It might know, be in, yeah. in a lot of ways because, yeah. you know, and not, and not to say that you, you know, it, Carl, obviously you didn't, watch the movies when they came out in the theaters in the right. 70s and 80s. But, <laughs> right, right. but you had so much more uh, time With, to, yeah. like, you know, absorb that. And and mm-hmm. before you knew that the prequels were coming. Because as soon as I saw the original trilogy, I was told we're going to get new movies. In a yeah, same, years. same. Yeah. So, um, you know, because I was introduced when the special edition came out. You know, that's that's how I knew Star Wars. Yeah. And Vader was never someone I paid much attention to to begin with. And so I was always the heroes. I was R2-D2. I was Luke Skywalker. You know, that was my that was my people. And so Vader wasn't something I pay, paid attention to. Yeah. yeah. And so when I got all this other information about Anakin, that's why that's transformed. But but you are right. He is the most iconic Absolutely. movie villain of all time. That's why they still and, make Vader toys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, you, you play the Imperial March. The Imperial March has, you know, become bigger yeah. than Star Wars because yeah. Vader is bigger than Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you play that when, when the opposing team comes onto the sports ball field, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Go so, sports team. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm really glad Vader ended up on this list. And yeah. that's really awesome that you've got him at your number one. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's a great villain. <laughs> he, he is. So. Well, that one that that was a long one. We should probably wrap it up. <laughs> probably. Uh. probably. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for for listening. Um, yeah. and 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 taking your time to go this villainous route with us. And as always, like, feel free to share with us some of your favorite villains. Um, yes. you know, comment on social media. You know, talk to us. Let us know the, the villains you like. I'm can guarantee we left off a lot of the ones that you love. So, uh, yes, definitely yep. tell us about the villains that you love and, and what you love about them so much. We always love to hear that stuff. It's always, always a really good time. Um, so yeah, like I said, obviously no matchup for next week's episode. Uh, hopefully you're going to continue to participate in the, this is madness tournament, which you can Woo. find on our social media. Um, like I said, please, uh, you know, retweet it, share it, hashtag it. This is madness. <laughs> TWL have fun with it. We sure yes. are. Um, I don't like that I can't vote. It bums me out. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Sucks. voting. 
I know. <laughs> Sucks. I can't vote. <laughs> Pisses me off so much. <laughs> I was like, maybe I need to make my own personal Twitter account just for right exactly, now. just so, so you can vote. <laughs> yeah, I know it. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm using my personal Twitter account that I never use, what? so I can vote. Just to vote. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same. Uh, Except I use mine all the time, so (laughs) whatever. (laughs) It still lets me vote on Facebook, though. So you lucky duck. Wait, you vote both places? I don't. That's cheating. It's cheating. I did. Did I say that? (laughs) Sorry, I don't vote anywhere, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Not allowed. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, that was fun, guys. I I, that was a lot of fun. Always love a good top five. I always love a good villain. Just a blanket <laughs> statement there. Just all villains. Except Thanos. <laughs> Not you, Thanos. I'm like, it's like, you know, it's like I have a villain club and the only, like, you know, it, it's Thanos, Snoke, and Sidious that aren't allowed to come in. Like, just no, you're not allowed. <laughs> you're not welcome here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Um,. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening uh, to all of this. Carl, if people want to weigh in on the episode or if they want to vote in our This Is Madness character tournament, where can they do that, sir? Find us on social media and Facebook. Uh, we are Wampuslayer Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Wampuslayer. Um, you can obviously email us any of your thoughts on the show, Podcast at gmail.com. You can join our Patreon parties. Um, parties. Patreon page <laughs> at uh, patreon.com slash podcast. And Katie, where can people find you on the Twitter world? You guys can follow me at Poe Hot Dameron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please <laughs> do, <laughs> especially if you want more of the Star Wars blowfish quotes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There's like 200 of them. Go have fun. Yes. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? That'll do it. See you next week, Blowfish. See you next week, Blowfish. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 326, Top 5 Millions. Everything proceeded as I had foreseen. And we will see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. (laughs) 